your sanity safe space. The call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Oh my God! Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. I was telling you before live, um, we have a little we're a little game we're going to play momentarily, but... Um, I I think I have a pretty large appetite for news and information, and uh, I enjoy trying to learn as much about current events as I possibly can. Events like this one in Texas, obviously a, a terrible event in and of itself. It's not fun to learn about a massacre of elementary school children in any context, but to try to gather more information and go on Twitter or, you know, whatever social media you may use and just see the barrage of do something or you're a bad guy. Do something or you support this. Do something. It's just nothing but emotional, teary nonsense arguments. And I can understand why people would be emotional about the topic. But to say agree with me on broad general terms or you're a bad guy is just frustrating and insufferable. It's I, I you know, I just kind of have to tune it out. I, I, if there's anything that um, I don't know if I would say it black pills me, but it just actually turns me off to the news. It's that like this is some of the most insufferable material to me. I hear you. Hmm. And as I was telling you, it's created a whole ho- I mean, you could do an hour's montage of terrible takes on Twitter. Part of that is because. A lot of takes coming in before even the facts are assembled. We're still learning exactly what happened. And part of it is because people have such rigid ideological, um, I suppose, pre-conclusions that they already know. They don't need to know all the facts, but they know all the solutions and they're very magical and easy and you just have to sign on to them. So rather than going through a whole bunch of terrible takes, I I was thinking who had the worst take of them all. And to me, it's Obama's tweet. That came out mm, five hours ago. And I challenged you because I don't think you could guess what he said. And I've given you a couple of clues. Number one, it's not gun control. But the challenge for you is, could you guess the theme or the general makeup of this tweet? If you had five yes or no questions. Oh, I get five. Me? Okay. Um. Okay. Is it a broad leftist? theme that uh that is used by most current leftist politicians in their platform since i can only answer yes or no i will say yes okay is it related to gender no oh is it related to covid no is it related to federalism no one more jeez one more that was three oh i counted four all right i'll give you two more um Ooh, this is really hard okay so it's it's not it's not feminist 
It's not related to the nuclear family. It's not related to climate change. These are clues I gave you previously. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. To turn the music off, this is making it hard for me to think. Okay, and um, it has. Does it have anything to do with a current foreign event? No. So it's not Russia or Ukraine. You get one more. Holy shit! One more. Does it have anything to do with the public school system? No. Oh my god! Well, I'm, tr- I'm. All right, so you're stumped. To defend you, I don't think there's any way someone. This is an impossible to predict. To is it racial? They're... Yes. Oh fuck! Okay. I totally forgot. You, you to think ask you got it? it? No. Specific no, I mean... person in a racial context. Trump. No. All right. Let me read you the tweet. As we grieve the children in Uvalde today, those being the mm. children killed in the school shooting. We should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us on this day, especially those who loved him. Worst take of them all. Yes, it's just like George Floyd. And I know you're sad about all those murdered elementary school kids, but please don't forget George, who's just like them, except for the fact that he was a career criminal who debatably killed himself on fentanyl no man i never would have gotten that it's just so impossibly bad nobody would anyway sorry to drag out the bit a little longer than necessary just such a horrible take i thought it might be fun let's get uh, into the calls you guys know how it works um if you are new to the show and you're interested in how to uh, in learning how to participate there are instructions for how to do that in whatever video platform you may be viewing on uh if you'd like to participate in the show but you can't do it live of course you can send us an email question contact page of the website is the way to do that mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact look for the call-in show question uh call-in show question form i should say we'll stop and check in on your super chats every half hour as well tonight and uh I think that's it. Let's just hop right into the calls, right? Let's see what people have to say. Juggernaut is up first. Juggernaut, are you there? I am here. What's on your mind? So is there any truth to this? I saw I saw a Twitter post and it said that uh, Bill Gates, one of Bill Gates companies last year, released some theoretical disease outbreak and it claimed that a disease called monkeypox would outbreak on May 15th. Really? I saw someone email this to me, but I'm not sure how legitimate the document is or not, but I've seen this claim circulating. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure either. I was curious if you had heard about it. I have heard about it. I have not vetted its authenticity myself. And I got to say, Given the news cycle right now, I'm tempted to say, hey, remember monkeypox, because it seems like it's <laughs> gone already. You know, it's um, not that I trust these people not to recycle the old disease scare tactic because it seemed to I work out you. pretty well for them. But I just don't buy that monkeypox is is the one unless they I don't really... know. I think it's pretty good. It, it has all these visual symptoms, hmm. which I think is uh, really damaging to people. And then the fatality rate may be as high as 10 percent. Of people that get it, I guess, but you gotta you gotta go hard to get it. That's the problem. And no, you don't. It's transmitted <laughs> by casual contact. Now sustained casual contact of a uh, liquid form, generally speaking. But you can get it by shaking hands. I haven't heard that. Not, oh, who's saying that? Well, I read 
shaking hands and bed sheets, but then it would be spread like <laughs> throughout Congo and there are only 500 cases there. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about, I, I, I understand what you're saying about like clear visual symptoms and that making it kind of scary, but the other side of it, the thing that they were able to maximize about Corona was that a lot of the symptoms weren't clear. And they could maximize this supposed asymptomatic transmission. And you might not know if you have it. In the case of monkeypox, it's very clear if you're symptomatic and therefore uh, contagious. Right. Right, right. So, I, I mean, it might make it more scary, but I could argue that's actually detrimental to the purposes of trying to create mass panic because it's very clear who has it and who doesn't. Mm. Did you have yeah. anything, anything more on it, Juggernaut? No. Everything you said is basically exactly right. Corona is the perfect disease to fearmonger and, uh, you know, amplify to the degree that they did, because mm. you're right. You can't really tell very easily whether or not you have it or something that's just similar to it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I remain uh, skeptical that that was not prod- a product of a design to this day, but. I'm sure. I'm sure it was yeah. all just, uh, you know, it came from the bat cave outside of Wuhan. Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good night. Have a good day. Wes is up next. Wes, are you there? Oh. What's hey, in your uh, mind? Are you in here? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Hey, uh, how are you doing? Long time listener. First time caller. Oh, well, thanks Hello. for calling in. What's uh, what's on your mind? So, uh, Blonde, about a month ago, I heard you had been to church and you heard a sermon saying that if a man uh, sues you for your cloak, your your coat, give him your cloak also, turn the other cheek. And you were shocked and appalled at what that meant. And I wanted to give some context to the situation, which honestly might make it seem worse at first, but hopefully it'll put things in perspective as well. Okay. So... That references Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. And during that time, to give the history background, this was actually during a time of Roman occupation. The Israelites were not their own country. They were conquered by the Roman people. Um, And Jesus was referencing that specific aspect of Roman occupation. He said, if someone requires you to walk two miles, they could compel citizens to walk a mile and carry their gear for them. Jesus said, go to. So he was actually telling the Jewish people to put up with and even um, uh, go an extra mile with the abuses. And the, the reason was Christians are called to respond to abuse and harassment with love and compassion. We're to put people's need to see a clear example of the love of Jesus, who his biggest example was he was subject unto the law. He refused to tell to stop telling the truth. And that is, I think, the best example we can follow is refused to stop telling the truth. And he was obedient even unto death. Right. And the end goal is not to focus on this life. It's to serve and bring other people. And uh, he was by far the best example of what a martyr can do. He changed the culture of the, almost the entire world through his example. And the reason why a lot of saints made it to sainthood, if you're Catholic, so I think that appeals to you, is because of their self-sacrifice. And so you, you, that works in the long term. Short term, it's completely, it goes against everything that's natural to us. We want to be self-preservation. We want to take care of ourselves. Now, there are some caveats to that. It is not loving or Christian if someone's got a gun to your family to let them do that, right? We are called to defend other people. 
these people are explicitly sacrificing themselves. Um, and I don't think that should be reflected in policy either, but I'm saying as Christians, as individuals, this is the thought process we are to have on that. Mm. The thing about all this is that it's um, stupid and I can't, I, I don't have it in me. I, I, yeah, it, it is. I it don't is have it. Completely contrary to, it's completely contrary to our natural thinking. Jesus did a lot of that. He turned a lot of it on its head. And it, it takes a while to, to get used to it, I, I guess. But I think it's destructive for society also. Perhaps, but um, I would say your collapsitarian worldview is kind of right. Jesus never promised the world was going to get better. He said it, it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse. This is really blowing and my we, mind right now. We are called to be obedient regardless. We can but, try to make it better. But what Certainly, we, to be obedient to God? I mean, if I'm if I'm um, submitting to the law and to my aggressors, that that doesn't mean that I'm being obedient to God. It means I'm well, being weak. Right. The early Christians, when they were told to do things against God, they refused and they were thrown into the lion's den for. They were thrown in torn apart in Colosseums. It was a sport. Because they wouldn't do things that was and there's plenty of examples of the Bible. You've got um the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whose names were Azariah, Azaniah, or uh I can't remember their original names. But they were told, hey, bow down and worship this golden isle. They said we refused, and they were thrown into a furnace. I'm sure you've heard that story. That's one Yeah, of but but I understand ones. that. I get that. That that's that's a preservation of the truth. Right. Uh, but this thing of of upholding your neighbor and giving unto oneself in an unnatural way, I just don't really understand it. I mean, why is self-preservation baked into the cake if we're just supposed to ignore uh, ignore this big part of ourselves? Society is more functional when people are incentivized by their self-preservation. Everything works better. You know how people are going to behave. I agree. Um I, I listened to this guy named Andrew Clavin. He said one of the only ways you can love yourself is first learning to love your neighbor so that you can learn to love your neighbor as yourself. And it's, it seems a little circular. It takes some thinking before it starts to make sense. And he explained it better than I did. So we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that also first, you have to learn to take care of yourself too. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't learn to love your neighbor as yourself because you essentially... If someone doesn't take care of themselves, they kind of hate themselves in a way. I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know that I that I can even do this. All right. Well, well, thank you for the clarification and the context on it. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the uh, the comments because last time I saw that they were all saying it wasn't literal. No, Jesus literally meant it. All right. All right. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for the insight. Have a great right. night. Thanks for the good chat. Thanks. Okay. Uh, stupendous Jimbo. Jimbo, are you there? Hello. What's Jimbo. on your mind? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have a follow up. I really should think about these things before I speak. Oh, that's the that's the bad tone, Jimbo. What do you? <laughs> what did you, you do? Uh, <laughs> you don't want to know. How are you guys doing? <laughs> we are well. What's on your mind? Oh well, uh, I've. Glad to be back. Um, I, if I recall, um, it's over a month since I uh, talked to you guys, and um, I was the one who worked like in intelligence, basically telling you that Russia's going to lose this one, and we're oh, going yeah. to World War Three. And Papa, uh, May twenty fifth, still in World War Three. So it looks like Jimbo did his job. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, if you if you 
had listened to this show, everyone would know exactly how this was going to go. I can't remember exactly what we discussed, but I do remember the conversation generally. I mean, it's a matter of logistics, really. Um, you For a country like Ukraine, you need, at the very least, 800,000 troops. How many billion um, dollars do you need? You you should know the answer. Forty. Just pulling that uh, number out of my ass. Not in, Russia doesn't have enough. The thing is, Russia doesn't have. So there's a difference between like taking a country and occupying a country. Yeah. Something that we learned in Iraq the yeah. hard way. And that eight hundred thousand number I give you, that's assuming that you're facing minimum resistance, which eight hundred thousand eight hundred thousand soldiers. You're talking about. Troops. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Personnel. Um, those troops have to be well trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't be the conscript kind. They have to be well equipped, aka not World War II era weapons, and uh, they have to actually be motivated. Which they thought they were at a field exercise. So, eh. I mean, th- th- they invaded the Chernobyl site. So, they weren't well. It provides to their... power to the northern portion of the country. Good oh, thing yeah, Malcolm Nance a... is defending Chernobyl vigorously at the moment. Uh, we haven't seen an update from him for a little while. Remember he was going to the front. Did he get killed on the front lines? Nobody's heard from Malcolm Nance for a couple weeks now. It's been a while. I I bet that's what happened. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's uh, not my, that's uh, not my field. Well, I mean, (laughs) I came here, I had a couple topics uh, lined up. One of them you could, I could keep, you know, talk about Russia if you want, or if since this week is uh, a gun control week, we could talk about that. But, um, I mean, I'm I'm more interested in the gun stuff for sure. If you have a quick thought about okay. that, um, yeah, yeah. So first of all, um, I support guns. I am 100% pro gun, but at the same time, I am also 100% in favor of gun control. Duh! You can't okay. let the gun run all willy nilly. Otherwise, you're going to miss your target. Control your gun. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I was a bit worried there for a second. Well, I mean, I. Well, I, I am willing to entertain. I'm willing to listen. That's what drives me nuts about these people. Uh, you do something. We have to. What do you accept this? It's like, well, if you have a specific proposal, I will listen to you. We can talk yeah. about it, but they never even have that. It's just the one like Steve Kerr, yeah. the, the Warriors basketball coach guy was babbling on about a universal background check bill that passed the house. I guess we can talk about that, but are we going to acknowledge that this kid went to a gun shop and passed a background check to buy his rifles? I mean, right. yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm I don't have the solution. Okay, I do have a solution, but um, I don't think we're going to be arming the children anytime soon. Yeah. So, but we can arm the teachers as long as you don't arm the band director. For the love of God, do not <laughs> arm the band director. <laughs> I, I've seen certain guy. reports that there was an armed guard at this school. I'm not sure if that's correct. Uh, there's a lot of information. Like it was originally reported he had a handgun and I think he did actually have one, but now it's, it's reported that the shooting was conducted largely with a rifle an AR style rifle. I remember, I remember reading the first reporting and what stuck out was that, and this was from our favorite CNN saying that, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the gunman had a, a handgun and, possibly a rifle they're very yeah. quick to go straight to the rifle because oh, and you everyone could, loves you could see the, the thirst i watched the today show this morning and they were um they were talking yeah. to uh 
some local law enforcement in Texas, a guy can part of part of the investigation. And they said, what weapons did he have? And the guy said, well, we're investigating Um, right now. We believe there may have been a long gun involved, but we're still conducting. Mm. We're gathering all the facts. And the hosts were just like, what what kind of long rifle? What kind (laughs) was it? Oh, please, please tell us. Go on. Go on. What kind of magazines did he have? You could just see the thirst. They they wanted it so bad. Yeah. I'm actually from Texas. Um, Uvalde is a good spot for hunting. There's hmm. a lot of hunting going there. And that, that spot, everyone's, everyone's armed. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's an absolute shit show. And I think it's a good straw man argument for people who are trying to take guns away. But um, the thing is, what no one has to account for, the United States is huge. It's, yeah. it's like the fourth biggest country next to Russia and China. No one wants to go to Russia and China. They're shit shows. And Canada, well... Everyone's got to have an exception. Are you talking landmass or are you talking population yeah, in landmass. size here? Okay. Well, yeah, landmass. Mm-hmm. And in terms of population, um, like how how huge is the United States? How often are things going to happen? And besides, um, if you take away the guns, they're going to find another way to kill people. Um, back in 2017, uh, we liked to read a lot of the ISIS magazines because uh, we were doing a deployment <laughs> there. And one of the yeah, okay, I know, I know, I know. Hear me out, hear me out. Yeah, yeah. One of the magazines was talking about how uh, some brave jihadist in London uh, drove his um, his gallant um, vessel through the crowd of uh, the 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 insubor- uh, the fucking whatever words they like to use for people who don't agree with them. I, I'm Infidels. Right now, yeah. Sorry. Infidel. Yeah, those fuckers. Infidel. <laughs> and then because he did not have a gun, he drew his holy blade, which was a knife. He yeah, holy blade, and he took out nine other people. So, uh, and well, and that, that's that that's the thing, you know. It, the point a lot of uh, anti-gunners make is like, well, nothing kills as efficiently as a gun, and I suppose absent absent or outside of explosives, that may be true. I'm not going to deny yeah. that it's an efficient killing mechanism. However, if you ban them or prevent good people from defending themselves with them, you still create situations like that where there might be a machete wielding jihadi coming at yeah. you and i'm not gonna fight him with my arms by blocking his machete yeah. okay i want him shot <laughs> dead on the spot that's you why you don't start taking guns by a mace dude yeah. if you can go to the renaissance fair and buy a battle axe a mace a sharpened and, sword and yeah. battle armor and everyone's all like oh that's a cool little medieval collection i think the apply should go for guns in fact i think everyone should have a grenade launcher even do you remember the uh do you remember the narwhal tusk in london that was classic if people don't remember there was a jihadi on a bridge chasing after people with some kind of large blade and they were so defenseless they had to grab a narwhal tusk yeah they had to grab a narwhal tusk from like a museum or something i don't even know why they had it but they had to fight him with a narwhal tusk that is what happened yeah yeah now, unfortunately, the, the argument's actually about to get more frustrating uh, for you guys. Um, and I, I could take you down this very weird chain, but just, just please hear me out. It's, it's going to okay. be silly. All right. So, silly, eh? Well, that doesn't sound uh, so menacing. Oh, yeah. So, um, first of all, the Army is switching over. Like, have you heard that the Army switching over the rifle from the AR-15 to the XM5? I just saw a headline about that today, but I haven't looked into it. I don't uh, know yeah, the platform. So, I don't. I don't know the the new rifle platform at all. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the XM5, and once it, basically once it's been fielded, it's going to be the M5. But the okay. entire thing about it is that we have found um, after Afghanistan that when you've got a 
when you've got an Alibaba on top of a mountain shooting down at you, instead of being able to shoot back because the mountain's really high, your AR-15, it's like it doesn't have enough range to reach them, so you have to call in a million-dollar J-Dance to strike them. Mm-hmm. And then they thought, wait, let's save a lot of money, switch over to a bigger boom, XM5, and we could pop them from on top. So they're going to they're gonna change cartridges in that, too. They're going to actually change the projectile. Oh, it's going from... I was going from the 5.56 by 45 millimeter round to the 6.8.51 millimeter. That's going to be standard, uh, the standard issue rifle or only uh, for yes. select applications. About, um, it's going to, they're going to, they want to switch them out by 2024 to 25. Hmm. Um, now this goes from like 1300 foot pounds of energy to double that 2,700 foot pounds. That way you can pop the dude on top of the mountain who's popping down on you. Hmm. Okay. Um, now what's going to make it frustrating is that what part of the reason that made the AR-15 so popular is that it was the weapons the Army has. The civilians, you can get it and go, hey, I got the same rifle as the Army. It's really cool. It's an awesome thing. And everyone loves to bastardize our favorite rifle. They don't even know what AR-15 stands for. Um, but you Assault know, Assault Rifle 15. Oh, That's yeah. what it stands for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, do, yeah. if you have any quick final thoughts, go for it. But we'll have to wrap up here. Basically, long story short, the XM5 is already in civilian sect. As long as it goes out into the Army, it's going to be a lot cheaper for civilian sect. And once people more are going to get their hands on XM5, it's going to be awesome. But wait till some deranged 18-year-old walks into a school with that boomstick. No, no. As, as long as he has 10-round magazines and, like, a ridiculous non-pistol grip on it and, you know, the, all the proper non-assault furniture, it'll be fine. <laughs> then as long as – I'm still waiting – I'm trust me the common sense school shooting is coming we almost had it in Buffalo because he had to buy a common sense AR and then he modified it to be a normal one yeah but the common sense school shooting is coming I'm just mentioning the front gate uh, go to stupid straw man arguments it's about to get dumber and stronger that's all well and that's That's why like just on principle it has to be not one inch against these people like you know yeah. i know i just said like i want to hear them out and in general i i will listen but you know mm-hmm. that they're not actually trying to stop school shootings or mass shootings they're trying to just take away what law abiding citizens can have one by one and that's why it has to be so hardline that's why it has to be not one inch and i, I hope that everybody in congress yeah. maintains a spine against these people um but they want to talk about yeah. common ground I think the, the they could pass a bill tomorrow. They they send this much money to Ukraine. Now I'm not a huge fan of of federal of massive federal checks, but if mm-hmm. if we want to have some kind of common ground on some sort of federal funding to the states to provide security at schools, you could probably pass that bill tomorrow. You want to talk about common ground solutions for this? They their solution is inching toward having Beto kick down your door and come in and. Take all your guns, yeah, and you know, I don't know, either and melt them down or give them to his friends. With main character syndrome, dude. It, they, they all want to find an excuse to make a profound speech and then wave their arms like them from Shakespearean play. Yeah. Their their children aren't the ones who are dying. Yeah, their families aren't the ones being sent to war. All right, they don't give a shit, dude. Yeah. So, well, sorry. Thank thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate all the work you guys do. Well, thank you. You too, Juan. I'm sorry I didn't talk to you a lot. <laughs> no, it's okay. You scare me, though. <laughs> Thanks, Jimbo. man. Yeah. See ya. Bye-bye. Okay, Nicholas is up next. We'll get one more before the bottom of the hour here. Nicholas, are you there? Hey, what's going on, gang? Hi. What's on your mind? 
Uh, not a whole lot. I usually uh, have been calling in with the rules for radicals, but I was going to oh, conclude. Yeah. I think uh, the conclusion was a little too spicy for the current week. I'm sure there are feds crawling all around this place. Probably. Um, yeah, probably. Blonde, I like the eyebrow raise when the guy brought up Andrew Clavin. Oh, yeah. I don't know how, how I feel about any of these people. <laughs> it was pretty Actually, scared. I do. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you, I know how you do. Um, so Matt, I was actually hmm. calling for some parenting advice Ooh. from you. Uh, Blonde, I am also intrigued to hear how you feel about this, but I think I know. So, uh, huh. I was having dinner with some other listeners and they're like, yeah, you should bring that up and ask him. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so this so, is, uh, this is yeah. multiple people have, have brought this question forth. All right. Yes. So um, I was I was getting ice cream with my three-year-old son, mm -hmm. and um, no, he's just a regular kid, but he goes to like uh, an all-white school with like a couple of Asian kids. And um, we were so this is Blonde Academy. That is the perfect racial ratio. That is. Yeah, yeah, How many Asian kids are we talking? Like 5%? Uh, yeah, like 5 to 10. The, um, okay. Yeah, like the the school district we live in is like less than 1% black kids. So it's not, a are we talking like top tier population. Asians, like Japanese, Chinese, yeah. Korean? Oh uh, yeah. 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 Oh, Very wow. good. Nice. What a, what I'm a not, fine I'm not British. I wouldn't refer to them that way. Um, okay. Sorry to divert. Carry on. <laughs> no, it's not good. So, so um, we're standing in line for ice cream and there's like a heavy set black chick in front of me and like, two like six foot four like big black dudes roll up behind us mm. and so like it's like an ice cream sandwich kind of <laughs> and um okay. my dad or my kid my kid looks at them and he goes daddy and like he says something i'm like what the did you i just hear what you said and i'm like what and i regret saying what because he goes those men have black skin i don't like the black skin and i was like oh god um, and so, like, the black girl in front of us starts laughing. And fortunately, the two guys behind us didn't hear. Yeah. Uh, because I was, like, mortified. I was like, I'm about to get my ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a predicament <laughs> um, brewing. So, <laughs> the question is, we get back to the car. Yeah. What do you say to the kid if, after something um, like that happens? You know, if, if it was me, I would probably have a conversation just about um, being cautious with sort of commentary on other people generally I, I i don't know that i would frame it in like this specific racial way that like oh you can't say you don't like black skin or whatever but in the same way that i think it would be let, let's say that it was just any other people uh let's say that they were white people who were behind you who were wearing i don't know t-shirts that were stupid or something like that he said i don't like that shirt it's stupid well the point yeah. is you got to you know, so the point is, son, you got to be cautious with your commentary on other people's <laughs> aesthetics because that's going to invite conflict. That's probably how I would handle it. I, I don't know that I would necessarily racialize it. I, I wouldn't want to teach him that it's like you have to be you can't be critical of this one special thing. It's just like as a matter of respect to other people and making sure that we navigate the world peace, uh, peacefully, just refrain from negative observations about others generally and if you want to have a laugh about it when we get to the car later we can talk about that but you know i don't yeah, want to i don't want to have physical sense. physical conflict based uh, on commentary of others D do you agree disagree or 
Yeah, and, I actually do agree now having heard it. I mean, basically what I said was, hey, people don't choose their skin color. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I understand why you feel more comfortable with people that, you know, you're more familiar with. And But I, I did just come out and say, like, yeah, there are certain things that are uh, not kosher. <laughs> and uh, the skin color is one that you have to be very careful with. Mm. Um, but I probably, uh, I, I probably like the advice of overall, generally things are not worth critiquing out in public. Cause he yeah. does say some off the wall comments cause you know, he's three, but though you might that be one right, in though, particular if, was like it, a landmine. If the purpose of parenting is to, uh, help your kids navigate a world, figure out how to navigate the world, you know, I might not like it, but it's undeniably true that being publicly critical of race will get him in more trouble than being publicly critical of stupid t-shirts. Yeah. So I guess the question is, do I want to teach him what I think is a proper moral code or do I want to teach him to navigate what I think is a little bit of a bankrupt moral code of other people? Cause I don't necessarily think it should be special right or wrong that, that he, he should be very careful with that topic. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think it's ridiculous and an overblown thing, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, you know, I want to stre- I want to stress the point to him that right. you say the wrong thing, it's going to ruin your career, my career, the whole damn family's yeah. going to go down the tubes in the wrong circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Um, this actually happened with my mom and I when I was like seven, hmm. six, or something. And I, cause, well, cause, what my kid's going to become little blonde had an observation. Is that what you're telling me? Well, okay, so we did inner city busing into like my nice white school, and it was yeah. like ghetto kids, like smelly kids, like really smelly. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. um, like fourteen kids living in a single family apartment from East St. Louis, bust into the whitest, richest. So I remember talking to my mom when I was like six or seven, and I was like, "Mom, like I know that they are telling everybody that these kids are the same as us, but they are not." And my mom was like, <laughs> "My mom was like, listen." You can say these things at home, but never let anybody outside of the house ever hear you say anything like that ever again. And so I started a YouTube channel. (laughs) Well, I suppose that is the proper answer, because on the one hand, I don't want my son to believe he can't ever question certain things. On the other hand, he has to be aware of the danger of publicly questioning some of those things. And I think that's probably what your mom was getting at, that you are allowed to you are allowed to wonder about some things, but understand if you wonder too publicly, you will suffer. (laughs) And so she's so funny. Is there anything funnier than like a three or four year old kid? Yeah. They're Uh, off the wall. I, I, well, I'm, I have yet to have that thorough experience, but based on what you've just described, Nicholas, I can't wait. It sounds, uh, Oh, they will just cut you down. My two year old does it all the time. Did I tell you what she said about my stomach? My postpartum. Oh no. What was that? So like I was bending over and so like my mom flab was meeting like my upper fupa flab and she she like squeezed it together and she goes, mommy, butt. <laughs> That's a front butt. It's my front butt. Yeah. yeah. Kids are little assholes, but they're right about a lot of stuff. Yeah, they he just, call it how it is. Yeah. He just didn't like that guy's black skin. I mean, what do yeah. you want? No. Nah. Hey. I, All right. Here. Well, anyway, yeah. thank you guys. I do appreciate the, the time. Yeah, thank you for the thoughts and uh, all the best to your family. Uh, Have a great night. 
Okay, so we are funny. overdue for a break. I'll just get a couple here quickly. Uh, getting me again. I secretly produce gangsta rap songs. Mm. Wow, Matt. I guess your uh, true true colors are showing now. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that I would be good at producing gangsta rap songs, but it's a rough economy out there. If I have to develop some new skills, maybe uh, maybe I could give it a shot. Uh, Phil says, "Congrats, Saint F- George Floyd, on his two years of sobriety." May you continue to bless us with mostly peaceful protests and free Nikes every couple of weeks. Foot Locker should have really leaned into that. Just, uh, just yeah, really. handed out the vouchers outside of the store. Take the shoes, please leave the glass intact. They should have made George Floyd honorary Jordans is what they should have done. You know how Jordan has the like silhouette of him dunking the ball? They, yeah. should, have, they should have made a silhouette of the kneeling or something to that effect. Uh, <laughs> Nike, you really could have cashed in. I'm surprised you missed out on that opportunity. Can we buy Nike again? It's, it's, it's too early, right? You know, I always, um, I think we've had this conversation before. I don't really buy Nike anymore for a number of reasons. Uh, one of which is, uh, you know, their ridiculous racial messaging all the time through Colin Kaepernick and others. Obviously their labor overseas is also highly questionable, but it sucks because it's one of those products I, I have a pair of running shoes that I think is like six or seven years old. They are mm-hmm. torn to bits, but they're still intact. You know, it's like yeah. that's the only Nike product I've hung on to. I know. And there are several shoes that I've loved over the years and, and I don't buy anymore. But that's one of those that's like ah, they make <sighs> they do make a great product. I just won't buy it. I've tapped yeah. out on that. Have you quit I entirely? I've quit entirely, but they just came out with this shoe that I really want. Hmm. and uh i'm probably not gonna buy it well what was your line from before it's like those vietnamese kids just their tiny fingers stitch it up so well <laughs> did i say that something i'm so like, funny <laughs> something like that it's like uh, they have the perfect little fingers to do the stitching they do just those you cannot get those stitches quite as narrow and as fine without those little <laughs> that's got to be machine run i don't know who knows? Maybe they then do. They're need better it. at not stitching their fingers together in the in the machine than, than older people. I guess something those about kids. those Vietnamese kids. Mm-hmm. They really have it figured out. Um, you good? Yeah. Holden Mulray, High Truth Seekers Tech Companies have been calling workers back into the office, and workers have resisted if tech companies preach climate change. Shouldn't they encourage working from home? Yes. I guess. I mean, I've always thought that was kind of a bitch move by a lot of these workers, but uh, the way gas prices are. I'd probably be fighting my commute to work as well. Me too, but it's like yeah. ruining certain cities in the country. Like I watched this documentary on Crested Butte hmm. and like apparently that town just sucks now. Because why? Because everybody because moved there or something? a bunch of hipster New Yorkers moved there because they yeah. can work from home and now all the locals are priced out. Well, that's exactly what's going on here and where you live too. You know, yeah. it's... Um, it's uh, yeah, uh, well, I'll see everybody in uh, middle of nowhere, Wyoming or South Dakota very soon. Land is cheap, or at least cheap relative to. The housing market's crashing around here right now. I think that uh, we're probably, I know that I've seen some data on new home builds really slowing down. I would expect that maybe home buys would really slow down. So maybe we are seeing kind of the peak of what has become real estate insanity. Good. Maybe I can build my storage container house then. Hmm. Um, Bill Biz, the first transgender Barbie doll is about to be released. Will the wokeness ever cease? Um, is that true? I've, I didn't hear that news, but I could believe it. 
I mean, how could they even do that? Because all the genitalia are just smooth. Yeah, I don't know. Let, let me see. Let me see. There were all kinds of allegations or rumors that the uh, the shooter in uh, Texas was trans, too. And there seems to be like some evidence that he it's reported was. that he had a lisp and he kind of he would I wear saw a eyeliner. picture of him in a skirt. And... I think that one is somebody else, though. Oh, really? Supposedly that was wrongfully attributed to him. Mm. Oh, Le- it's Laverne Cox who's being honored with uh a tribute Barbie collection. Speaking of, did Laverne chop off his Cox? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe. Who knows? I he's like six foot four, so I don't I don't think he's fooling anybody. Man can <laughs> palm a basketball. Yeah, but at the same time, I will say that Laverne Cox is one of the higher effort. You know, you can tell, but it's higher effort than many. That's true. I mean, if if I were an alien and you put me on this planet and you showed me Serena Williams and Laverne Cox and asked <laughs> me who the who the man was, I might get that wrong. That's uh, plausible. I could see that happening. Or throw Michelle Obama in there. Well, Michelle Obama. I mean, everyone knows the truth. Joan Rivers exposed that many years ago. It's <laughs> Michael plot. Robinson, first of all. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, the Dems have lost me. Someone give him my GPS. They'll whack you. They'll yeah. whack you, Mr. Plot. Yeah. I steal from Matt's bank account. It's okay, Blonde. We know you're struggling. I do steal from Matt's bank account all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me the gun. I'm not fruity, so I'm not too worried about the dookie pox. I saw someone call it, uh, we should have been on this on Sunday. Someone called it Floyd Bola on Twitter. <laughs> I like Floyd Bola. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> That's good. All right, we'll circle back. All right, thank you guys. We will uh, come back at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And I, w- on the topic of, uh, Jen Psaki and her replacement, Jen Blackie, I was corrected. It's, we don't want to be too racist. It's Jen Pablacki. Okay. Jen Pablacki. Jen Pablacki. Or you okay. can say Jen Blackie, but the P is silent. So let's just be consistent. Uh, Avo Brady is up next. Avo Brady, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Good evening. Hi. What's on your mind? It's having a great conversation with Dangerous. I have, uh, Something to tell you guys. When okay. Ratchet comes in after me, uh, you may have to just let him sit for a sec. He's having some tech issues, but okay. Dangerous said he was able to talk to him earlier. So he's. We always try with Ratchet Republican because I always love his energy, but I don't know what his setup is, but it almost... It's his tablet. I heard he's on a oh, tablet. It's, it's, he's one of those uh, mobile-using bastards. Yeah. Never use PC, mobile, people. Yeah, yeah always, always use the PC or the laptop if you can. Much but, recommended. Yeah. All right, what's on your mind? Um, well, actually, shoot, where's my phone? Blonde, I would ask you this question as well, but I don't think you have a Twitter account, do you? I've been banned for five years now. You've been banned for five years now. Okay, so then I'll make this quick because I got food waiting for me. I'm sure you guys are having a good Wednesday. Um, Matt, on Twitter, you have some some very high-profile people following you, and I was just going to name a few off to see if maybe you knew they were following you or maybe if you've had an interaction with this person sure cool. um the first person i see on here would definitely be mr beast <laughs> <laughs> yes mr and beast I, is following and i can tell you mr. the story of why if you want okay absolutely this is why so I'm. i don't really know mr beast personally i guess i could slide into the dms right now if i wanted to but here's why uh, and i was aware that he follows me obviously and i follow him okay. uh, the reason why is before this show was ever started I was on this, you know, this ragtag video game podcast. Keemstar is the reason, isn't he? No, Keemstar is not the reason. 
Um, although Keemstar was associated with that project. But we had our stupid stream. And one of the things that we did is we would review other people's videos in kind of the video game context. And Mr. Beast, whatever his name was at the time, I don't even remember. He submitted a video to our show. And it was, I mean, think like six, seven, eight, nine years ago, whenever this was. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, it's just Mr. Beast as like a nerdy, not confident kid doing video game stuff. And he kind of got savaged by the rest of the guys on the show. And I said, I don't know. I think there's not to toot my own horn, but I said, I think he, I think he's kind of got something here. He's a nice, he's a nice young man. It's, I don't know if that clip is still on the internet somewhere, but I wish I could find it because I, I tried to stand up for Mr. Beast a little bit. And so Mr. Beast followed me and here we are now. He's one of the biggest YouTubers of all time. He's some kind of millionaire or whatever. You know, if this doesn't work out for me, and I can't make it sustain and the rough economy conquers this entire project. I will just go DM Mr. Beast and say, can I have a job? Just like, just let me do something for (laughs) you. I won't even, I won't even say anything publicly. You don't have to be associated with me. Just, can I have a job? That's actually a really cool story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, I know Mr. Beast has been on YouTube for a long time, so it's not surprising to see him pop up in a little video game (laughs) ragtag team. But, (laughs) I, I would like to think if you were able to ask him that he would remember me. Uh, obviously, he still follows me, but I have not had a conversation with him uh, since okay. really then. So we're talking like 2014, 2015. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. So then the second person I would say would be Dr. Jordan B. Peterson following you. Yep. Um, have you had any interaction or messages with him or I mean, like, not I feel like really people watch your show and then they follow you on Twitter. So he did send when 12 rules came out, he or his staff sent me a signed copy of it, but I don't know if it's him or his staff what? running the account. And oh the, I God, have had a few sick. messages, but the messages, the latest messages I've had, which are probably like two years ago at this point were from his staff, not him personally. On the you account. have a signed book by him of his book 12 the 12 rules i do whatever yeah that's actually really incredible it's i i'm you know i'm very honored to receive it to be honest i know people have yeah. their blonde has her opinions and that's fine yeah. you don't have to love the guy but i when i say that i'm honored by it what i what i mean beyond just the person is i mean to know that somebody who has achieved i guess the sort of heights that he has to see something in my work and think that it's worthy of you know recognition i'm very honored by that yeah it's a who else good, good thing to be achieved oh you want me to name another one okay yeah. ken bone oh, yeah, we knew that. That. that's because this, of the podcast yeah and get oh, this really? ken what? bone not only that ken bone i need to go find the tweet he replied he's a lurker to me, he replied he basically is but he replied to me oh, at one point and made a matt and i once made love reference on twitter yeah. which tells you he he listens Ken yeah, Bone awesome. knows the memes. He needs to get on the call-in show, dude. Dude, I, mean, I would love it if Ken God. Bone called in. Nobody probably... has been more maligned than Ken Bone. Oh, Poor fucking gosh, Ken that Bone. Man his mustache. Yeah, but I Ken know. Bone, not to discredit, you know, I appreciate... Ken Bone does have... He has some very normie opinions that go... Yeah. <laughs> we go... all started that way, though. He was, he was in the, he was in the, uh, the conference, the community, or the town hall, right? Well, that is his fame is he asked, yeah. I think, Hillary and Trump a question at that 2016 town hall. Yeah, so he's yeah. as normie as it gets. But I, I love that about him because I want someone like that to follow. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it is. Uh, but yes, I was aware because I have interacted with him in that way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You guys had him on a park. Maybe we should. I don't know. I don't know if Ken Bone would want to tarnish his brand by coming onto the show. But maybe I don't he think would. he's super uh, worried about his image now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, three is pretty good enough. Maybe we'll make this a series. And then, Blonde, I'll figure out something to chat with you next time. I hate leaving you out. It's okay. Um, I do. I do. I would love to have some religious discourse with you at some point because I'm, I'm a Baptist Christian. Are and you? I know you're Catholic. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of discrepancies with you, but I, I, I love you for that because I know Catholics are super devout. So um, I, I just want to say God bless you guys. Thank you for giving me your time. Um, it's been great. I'm about to go eat some delicious food. Well, have God a good bless dinner. You too. And thank you for uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Absolutely. See you guys. Bye. Okay. So every time somebody brings up Jordan Peterson, I remember that I have to Instagram stalk Michaela. And she has really cleaned up her profile. Oh, so she had, well, what do you mean by that? Like she's deleted a lot of her sluttier pics. Okay. You absolute son of a bitch. And this guy she's marrying is, is clearly a homosexual, but otherwise (laughs) looks a lot better than he used to. Uh, Speaking, speaking of obvious homosexuals in heterosexual relationships, what are you about to say? Um, some of the trash TV that my wife and I enjoy is like, uh, stupid dating shows, you know, but we were watching, um, love is blind. Everyone's talking about love is blind. So we watched some of the late, well, we watched, uh, we finished the latest season, season two. And one of the guys on the show is obviously gay, but spoiler alert, they're one of the couples that works out. And I think they're still together, but he's clearly gay. And I can't yeah, I believe know. that the woman did not see that. I, I, like, did they have some conversation where they just agreed? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's one of I those mean, deals. But he's <laughs> the guy is flaming. But everybody's just supposed to act like that's exactly. not happening. And then they cut. They like tease that they are, you know, are sleeping together and all this. And I suppose they probably are. I guess I'm not saying that's fake. But the guy is as fruity as it gets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that people are, um, they have arrangements now, or at least it's, it's socially acceptable to be more of a homosexual. I, I, I figure they must've just made a deal, but I don't know. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I meant to plug this at the end at the beginning of the show, but I'm having, um, Lauren Witzke on my channel tomorrow at 11 AM Pacific standard time. So be there, be square. I can't get super chats, but you should watch it live anyway. <laughs> It's all fine. right uh let's try ratchet republican let's see if we can get him mr ratchet republican are you there yes i'm finally oh here. man hey nice and convenient this time <laughs> i was worried it's been a struggle thanks for patience i'm sorry about the tech issues i don't know i don't i've been trying my best to find some good wi-fi because i don't have a landline so hmm. I guess it's on my end too. So. Well, what's on your mind? I need some of that uh, patented enthusiasm of yours just because everything in the news cycle is just pissing me off right now. You're telling me. I, I, I've been trying to, I was trying to get you guys really, really about the Buffalo thing mm-hmm. because that really pissed me off. You know, uh, watching what about the it? The reaction? Yes, the reaction, the demagoguery. I, I had to literally get off Twitter, get off. I knew it was the too good to be true. Oh wait, it was pissing me off because you know it's 
You cut out for a second. I thought we lost you. But okay. Oh, okay, okay. Now we got you back. Yeah. The demagoguery, you know, and. <laughs> oh, he wasn't man. kidding about searching for that Wi-Fi, I guess. The right way. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Hold up. I, our connection's really bad and you're cutting out. Yeah. So I might be able to give you a quick thought, but it's getting interrupted, unfortunately. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go for it. I'm just going to let you go. Okay. Okay. So the demagoguery of the left gaslighting us, telling us that the right is uh, trying to get violent. Yeah. When like 2020 didn't happen. That really, the view really pissed me off about that. And then what the Democrats are you doing, they're, they're, what they're doing is that um, they're using white supremacy as a, as a way to make the black people feel like they're doing something for them when the majority of killings in their neighborhoods are not by white supremacy. Well, yeah, that's, that's why I get a, a kick out of the ADL and the rest of these people talking about how, how there are so many white supremacist murders. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, granted, I'm not going to say that each murder isn't bad, but are we really <laughs> it, it, when you when you break out the data and you look at the number of murders a year in this country and specifically in urban centers like Chicago versus the few hundred quote unquote white supremacist murders that aren't even really that over the last decade that they're worried about. They're not even comparable. They're a fraction of a fraction of a percent. And the true thing, the truth is, is that that's the trick the Democrats do. They make you believe that they're doing something when they're actually not. Right. So, you know, the black and, and unfortunately, black people are going to fall for it and they're going to fall for it every single time. So that's why they keep doing it. You know, they keep playing that white supremacy card. And the whole thing with this whole shooting that just happened, you know, it was that, that was just awful. Um, the thing is that, you know, you don't you don't lose your constitutional rights because somebody abused that constitutional right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when so, when somebody robs a bank, you don't you don't take away my freedom because he robs a bank. You take away his freedom. You take away his constitution. Yeah, it doesn't make any uh, That's why I resent this this implied accusation that if you don't agree with them you don't care. Yeah, I would like fewer elementary school children to be murdered in cold blood. That would be great. Do I think that going over to my neighbor's house and taking his guns or making it unduly difficult for him to go purchase one to defend his family is going to fix that? Explain to me how. Yeah. And yeah. they don't. I, I, and it, and it, the, the, the thing is, is that the, when, you, when you lose your constitutional rights, you know, it, you know it's, it's not going to be hard to come back. Uh, they don't come back easily. Uh, yeah, it's uh, very messy yes. to get them back. Yeah. And what the Demo- what the Republicans should be doing is not playing defense. They should play offense. They should be they should treat the states like Ukraine and come together and put a bill out to put funds out for schools to, to reinforce their um their uh their the schools in the country. That's what if they the, if do. they came out with the same sort of inflammatory rhetoric and ridiculous accusations and said support this or you support school murders, um, yeah. you know, on principle, I don't like big federal spending packages. On principle, I don't like maligning opposition in that way. But to your point, all right, if this if these are the terms of the fight, yeah, all right, let's do this. I agree. It, it, the trouble is. McConnell's not the leader of the Senate. Schumer is. And so as far mm-hmm. as bringing forth votes and things, Schumer's in charge of all of that. So Yeah, I understand that. But at least bring a bill forward and say, we, yeah, you yeah. Know, this is a bill here putting grants forward so that schools can have access to some money to, to secure their buildings and secure their, uh, 
instead of trying to play deep. Yeah, I agree that if, if these are the terms where we're just going to change it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm losing That's these. That's bad at me too. Okay. Well, Ratchet Republican. I'm sorry. I'm so, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the last word quickly. The connection's getting spotty, but I'll give you the last word before we let you go. Yeah, Stephen Crowder said something really good um, about the fact that, you know, America is not the most violent country in the world. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to it because I came from Jamaica. Jamaica is one of the most violent countries on planet Earth. Our capital, Kingston, is extraordinarily violent. One of the most violent cities in the world. And Jamaica has doesn't have a border to get guns. Guns are very limited, but yet we have a tremendous violence rate. It's not the guns, it's the people. And we need to start, you know, uh, figuring out how we deal with the people, find out what's happening to people that's causing all these young men to go and shoot up, um, you know, do these awful things. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, If we looked for root problems, they wouldn't have anything to complain about in terms of gun policy, though. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. This shooter's family uh, wasn't. It was a completely broken family arrangement. No. Uh, you'll yeah. be shocked to learn. <clears throat> and um, and yeah. that's coming. It's like when you break up, when you devalue and break up the family. And also, you you treat masculinity like it has no place in society, such that young men are so confused about how to apply it. Masculinity yeah. is something men- that has to be mastered and tamed. And if you don't, it has very destructive properties that are on display right now. If you don't have quality male leadership for these young men they succumb to their worst instincts which is destruction Uh, men build and they destroy you need to condition them to build or they will destroy and when you tell them you know you're the scum of the earth by virtue of your your male privilege or whatever else well then they don't have much to live for and they they revert to their worst uh, their worst capabilities and tendencies yeah yeah it is it is and it's the same thing. Same thing happens in Jamaica. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's and I, I lost him. I lost him. All right. Actually, it's a culture, a culture based thing. I yeah. That we're 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 violent. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no. guys. We'll probably That's have okay. to let you go. But thank so, you for the call and, and the enthusiasm. As always, appreciate it. All right. Uh, thank we'll you. Better next time. Sure. Okay, let's uh, we're right up at the top of the hour. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get right back to the calls for the final segment of calls. Sure, let me reload that. I forgot to check D Live last time. Oh, we're good over there. So, but uh, thank you guys on uh, D Live. Appreciate that. Over on Tippy Stream, Eric Burns Marsh says, Blonde is, <laughs> is Josh Donaldson your favorite baseball player? I wouldn't expect you to know the reference, but I did save this as a possible hoax hate entry for Sunday. So, Josh Donaldson. Uh, is the third baseman for the Yankees now. He's a former twin, so I'm somewhat familiar with him. And he encountered a White Sox player I'm less familiar with, but this White Sox player had formerly referred to himself as the new Jackie Robinson. You familiar with Jackie Robinson? He was black. He broke the color barrier in baseball, like the first black player to play in Major League Baseball, not in the, the Negro Leagues back in the day. So okay. this guy referred to himself as the new Jackie Robinson or something like that. Guy? This black player on the White Sox. So this White Sox player gets to third base. Josh Donaldson of the Yankees is playing third base and riffs or jokes at him like, hey, Jackie, or something like that. And that is treated as a racial slur. And Josh Donaldson is suspended for a game, I think, only by Major League Baseball. But this guy referred to himself 
as a Jackie Robinson character. Josh Donaldson, who's friends with him, sort of jokingly said something like, hey, Jackie. And that well, was it's tr- not it's, it's a it's an actual character. It's not like being like, hey, Aunt Jemima or, <laughs> you know, it's not. I, what's the what's the problem here? They, I suppose, interpreted it as like a baseball specific racial slur. Even though that guy referred to himself as a Jackie Robinson character and their friends. And Josh Donaldson was clearly not trying to their ban it's banter among friends. He's not calling him a, a you know, some kind of uh black racial slur of some kind. No, now but, I think this guy's hot, even though he doesn't have a beard. Uh well, um what Josh Donaldson really? Seems just kinda like a normal looking dude to me. What is it about He's tall. it? Six one. Yeah, it's Tim Anderson on uh, the White Sox. So Jackie, Jackie is a slur now. Is Jackie going to become the new jogger? Dude, when we have a war, everyone's going to look back at these times where we're worried about the stupid bullshit. We're going to be like, wow, what a luxury. As our arms get blown off and stuff. (laughs) All right, we're good on TV stream. Oh, that's right. Forgot I have a job to do. Um, did I read the I'm not fruity, so I'm not worried about Doogie Pops. Yes. Yeah. Eric Marley, Red Falker here. Recommendation on headphones. Ears always hot and uncomfortable. Made me better mic to prevent voice feedback. Hmm. Like what happened to Blonde from my speakers? I have the Mauno AU AO4. I don't know. I use my my just my standard Wi-Fi um Wi-Fi? My standard Apple headphones. I don't think it matters Wired. too much for me. Yeah. There we go. Wired headphones. Uh, and I um I just use like the cheapest Sony over the year headphones. These are like 20 bucks. I'm not a huge. I don't know. I mean, some people are really into their sound quality stuff and they want it. You know, they want a headset that sounds as good as possible. I'm not huge into that. And I guess the reason that I've bought such cheap headsets is because with the history of video game playing that I that I have, I have spiked a few of them and broken a few of them. So I tend to go cheap. Um, I do love my wireless headphones a lot. My mm. Beats by Dre headphones. I've I've never got in. I've never got into like the the Bluetooth ones and the wireless. Oh, I've always thought I would lose them. Amazing. But is that you have the full like over the ear headset or do you no, have in ear? No, no, they um they, I have in ear, but they go behind your ear. Okay. And I just. You don't lose I them. I feel like them. I would lose them. Mm-mm. That's why I didn't get the little ones. Mm. I also have very small um, ear canals, and so they just fall right out of my ear. Mm. So I had to get the ones with the, the great story, the compelling and rich. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're the wrong people to ask about high tech listening true. equipment. Yeah. This show barely gets made twice a week. <laughs> Long Don John, shout out to the base three year old pretty base retro Oh, that was about uh, Nicholas's son, the base three year old. Yeah. Retrocalypse? Hmm. Am I, I retarded? Okay. I Love is Blind is an absolute train wreck. If you want to see something wholesome, Love is Blind Japan, the difference between the two will astound you. I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, but that's, that's, I'm not saying it's quality viewing. It's pure trash, yeah. but that's, there are certain forms of trash entertainment that we enjoy and that uh, for better or worse is, um, is one of them. Yeah. I, I bet the Japanese version is, uh, He's more wholesome than this. I submit to you. Yeah. In Comedy Hands 30, Jen left me and Nina was just a tease. Does anyone besides the VP advance on their knees? Gone are the <laughs> days of McEnany and Hicks. Can we at least hire chicks without 
dicks. <laughs> How dare you besmirch Jen Saki, Jen Pesaki. I know, right? Jen, Jen cut Psaki. off that little kid's Saki. Well, sure, we're good for now. All right. Thank you, guys. We will come back to your chats at the end of the show. Next up um, is... I'll uh, have to just circle back with you. Gaylord Steambath. Gaylord, are you there? Yes. Hello, hello. What's on your mind? Hello. Okay, so my... Um, What's on my mind this week? Uh, so you guys had a caller last week talking about his thoughts on a uh, on a constitutional monarchy and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and um, I just thought I'd come in with my two cents to sure bring my opposition to that idea. Okay, uh, because well, for one thing, um. To me, when I hear the word constitutional monarchy, I equate it to, um, I equate it to Bernie Sanders calling himself a democratic socialist. <laughs> sure. Like just just because you put constitutional in the name doesn't mean it's like, it's good or it's a good idea, anyways. Um, but let's see what. So I recently I was I just like re-listened to his thoughts and uh-huh. uh, one of the things that. Um, you asked, I remember you, Matt, asking him was like, if, if say the monarch, whoever is in charge was to, um, was to be an oath breaker, as you would put it. Yeah. Um, what would be the, um, what would be the mechanism as to like combat that? And his answer was to just sort of reinforce the ideas of the constitution in the people. Mm-hmm. And, and as good as that sounds, the only drop, the only thing I would, uh, the only thing I would push back on that is how is that any different from our current Republic? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that? It, why don't we just do that with like a president that we have right now? Plus, I, I guess the only difference is we have like a, a political process. We have an <laughs> impeachment process for that rather than just like the King is an oath breaker, seize him and take his head, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and plus I, I just, I don't know how, I don't know why p- there are people here who are who think that having a monarchy is somehow e- any better because what if you just get King Biden anyways? Yeah. What if you Well, like, I, I we agree have- that it's a little pie in the sky to think that that you're going to have somebody who maintains perfect loyalty to the constitutional system. But I guess the point that I'm making and that I'll defend that with is at the end of the day what's more important, constitutional fidelity or democracy? And mm-hmm. to me, the the method of choosing leaders is less important than loyalty to the protection of the people's rights. That's why that's the only reason I entertain it. It's not monarchy. It's constitutional fidelity that attracts me. I wouldn't say attracts me to that system, but it's why I entertain it. Right. But the but the drawback on the monarchy part of it is that um, if you do have someone who does not adhere to the Constitution at all, mm-hmm. that the process to which you want to like you want to overthrow that or you want to um or you want to change that i don't really see how that's um how you can have that in a monarchy and if and if the caller were to have something similar to what we have right now then why have a monarchy instead just have like a constitutional republic as we do as we do well i suppose his counter would be how is president biden working out for you as far as constitutional fidelity you know i mean there's there's a counter argument there too not that yeah not that I think you're wrong. I mean, I, I agree that given the imperfections of man, you sort of 
you have to select leaders the way that we have. And if power is truly to reside in the people, it ought to be the selection of the people in the states as we've designed it, not necessarily heredity. But in a perfect mm-hmm. world, in a perfect world, the perfect leader to me is not necessarily the one, I suppose, selected by a democratic method. It's the one who maintains loyalty to a constitutional order and a constitutional morality. It's just, mm. does that perfect leader actually exist? And and I don't think they do. And that's why, you know, if I had to design a system, I would, I would tend to side with you that it's got to be the selection of the people as opposed to some, you know, uh, um, uh, heredity, some sort of like genetic determination, or I guess some like divine selection of a God or, or of a King or something like that, you know? Yeah. 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 Now, uh, to close out, um, I think it's, um, I don't think that the method of our system of government or like a change in government would actually be, um, any helpful. I don't think a constitutional monarchy would make things any better than our current constitutional Republic. Hmm. Um, and I refer back to sort of, um, what John Adams says that our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Yeah. And and as the as the caller did mention, is like it's it would be great that we would hammer hammer the down the point that if we were to have oathbreakers of any kind, that we would have the courage to stand up to those things and to also like also enforce a sense of morality that I that I'm sure we all feel is just decaying in our own society right now. I think that's maybe the one point that all of us can come together on and blonde. If you have any uh, defense of the monarchy, cause I know generally, I do. Um, but if we could all come together on um, a little harsher treatment for the oath breakers, maybe that's the common ground, you know, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to be, it's dangerous. I don't want to be, I don't want to revert to authoritarian tendencies or, cruel and unusual punishment tendencies but where we are now where oath breaking is laughed at by the people in power where there are no consequences for it other than potentially an election which they which are debatably free and accurate anyway um there's just too much there's not enough fear of the people in the politicians and that has to be restored one way or another um any monarchy thoughts that you had blonde well yeah totally okay so the problem with our government it's it's not the number of people in government it's this bloated bureaucracy so if we're going to have representational government there need there need to be more representatives if we're going to have monarchy there need to be uh like grossly fewer in which case um if they get out of line we can we can kill them they're they're way way less of them way fewer of them uh, it wouldn't be like trying to take out people in our government now, which would just be way too difficult. There's consolidated accountability in the absence oh. of bureaucracy. This uh, so Game of Thrones fan fiction sounds excellent. By the way. <laughs> this is what they so used what? to do. <laughs> so why not just reduce our republic as it is right now? How about well, we just reduce if the we, numbers if, of politicians? If we have a constitutional republic, then then we're simply um making it so that we have even less representation to reduce that we i agree with reducing the number of politicians but like if you really think about how many people should be represented by one representative it has to be more than we have in government right now like Mm. are you are your local politicians are they 
truly reachable? Do they really care about your problems, especially if you live in an urban center? Like, no way. Do you mean like your um, your congressman or do you mean like somebody more local or like a state? Like a mayor? Yeah, I think that we need more local representatives. Yeah. Fewer well, if, if in a proper arrangement where states have most of the power, you know, those people are more relevant to your life and they are more reachable. I guarantee you, you want to talk to your state rep or your state senator. You can get in touch with those people quite easily. Yeah. Um, but the difference is like, you know, in a system where the federal government is wielding a lot of the sword, um, those people are much tougher to get the attention of for sure. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe we could have some hybrid of both, but I suppose by definition, if you have a monarchy, you, you don't have state or federal power really. Yeah. Well, I, I don't yep, know. I guess I, I didn't necessarily conceptualize it that way. If you had like a head of state, uh, like a, a monarch who is kind of, I guess, the equivalent of the president in our current system, but still recognized the, uh, you know, the, the quasi autonomy of different regions of the land that he's ruling over, you could still have a, a sort of a federalist system as long as the, the king <clears throat> in this situation was loyal to the constitutional system over which he that he runs if there are rules that he follows but i guess the question is who sets the rules is it the king or is it the people and if it's the people then that's probably more of a republic type type system like gaylord is talking about yep and i don't mean Mm. to i hope i'm not insulting you're just your name's gaylord i don't know what else to call you (laughs) it's fine that's my name is that actually your name no, oh, no, no, but that's my username. Okay, I was like, is, like, are you like the guy from uh, Meet the Parents? Why would, I, why would I be offended by a name that I I, I don't know. It's like it's like when I have to read people's chats and the name is N-word, F-word. I don't, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Anyway. You can call me Mr. Steambath, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that, that helps. No, no. I, I'm, I'm with you that, uh, that in an ideal world, there might, in an ideal world of perfect men, there might be better systems than what we have. In a world where we operate with the imperfect beings that humans are, you know, there might be tweaks we can make here and there with our, our current system. But I think that loyalty to the system that we have is about as good of a design as has been developed by humans. Um, just, we gotta, we gotta maintain the loyalty a little bit better one way or another. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one final thing before I leave, um, how familiar are you guys with, uh, some of the anti-federalist, uh, uh founders uh not a ton I've, I've read a little bit but not a ton i would say i would say read up more on them like mm-hmm. say uh like brutus and um i think it was tocqueville as well just read go look up some of the anti anti well, Tocqueville was was the french dude right he wasn't writing the actual oh yeah 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 that's true i'm i'm currently in an american government and so uh. we are like we look over um yeah, Tocqueville was like 1840s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid me. I, 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 we're in. I'm in an American government class, and so we're like every time we look up a topic, we look at what the Federalists would say and what yeah, the yeah. Anti-Federalists would say. Well, that's but really I good. Would, I that's uh, that because I that's one thing that I did not get in a lot of my education. We we touched on the Federalist Papers a little bit, but not until college, and um, not enough. So the philosophy of why our system is organized the way it is that's yeah. really good material. Oh yeah, so I would it. I would look up more of the anti-federalists. I yeah, think yeah. you'll uh, you'll see that you align you guys will align with them more than you might think. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. All right, well, thank you. Anyways, for that's all man. I got. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Bye.
Witwat. Witwat is up next. Hey, uh, it's kind of funny that you mentioned the George Floyd thing because <laughs> Target today sent out an email and it, it mentioned the shooting and everything for like Wait, a paragraph. Wait, this is Target, the company? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, they didn't. It was a internal email. Okay. And they sent out like an email saying like, hey, we don't know much about the shooting yet. Uh, you know, here's some resources if you need it. And then there was uh, two paragraphs about George Floyd and his legacy. And uh, I thought that was just funny how you mentioned, uh, you know, George Floyd kind of overshadowed the shooting thing. So I just wanted to mention that first off. But Do you have any language I, from it or you just read it earlier? Um, I may have memorized it. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear specifically what they said, but... It wasn't, it, too, God, it wasn't too bad. It was just saying today marks the two years since the murder of George Floyd at Target. We remember his legacy by continuing to support what? the George Floyd Memorial Foundation. Why? His legacy of what? What the yeah. fuck oh, was his what? legacy? Um, his well, even, if you want to, even if you want to say his killing was unjustified, his legacy was pure trash. Why yeah. would you? <laughs> what the? F- Jesus, dude. Not yeah. and for Target. Uh, Target got looted maybe harder than anybody. Target. Oh, yeah. And their response was, we're going to make Target more black. We're going to put black mural artwork outside. And we're going to put labels inside that said this this was made by a black person, you know. Mm-hmm. Jesus, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about just absolutely bending over. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Uh, I, I can send you it if you. Uh, oh, I mean, I can't send it to you. One last target thought. Speaking of companies <clears throat> I shouldn't support, like Nike, but you know there are certain baby products at Target, and we we were in Target <laughs> earlier them, today, yeah. and of course, early. It's not Pride Month yet, but get ready because next week at this time it will be Pride Month. Oh, and God, they, didn't we just do this? They had onesies. I'm talking for infants, obviously, like newborns. Yeah. Rainbow. On the onesie that said my first pride. I'm thinking, who the hell puts this on the what kind of weird absolute ideologue do you have to be to buy this? And as we're strolling around Target and of course you can't get formula, half the products are, you know, kind of uh, sketchily stocked. There's not a full stock of a lot of things. You walk by the early pride display and it's just nothing it's fully stocked whatever kind of child's t-shirt there were socks that just said queer oh my god <laughs> like children's are you serious? socks that just said queer i thought i thought this was a slur where are the faggot slot uh, socks can i get those do you have faggot booties for my son <laughs> that i can put on him <laughs> how come you say n-word f-word and now you'll say it i don't know i'm trying to so wednesday is a little safer because susan can't get me as easily sunday is dicier Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to hijack it. It's just the, the target oh, right. experience I had earlier today. Uh, I need to stop going there is the correct answer. Yeah. I, but I do, do you too. work at Target? No, is that why you got the email or how do you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you work like store level or are you? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm the person that kind of yelled at two of his bosses. So. I can't <laughs> I remember the remember story. Like I can't ago. remember. Uh, it was about like COVID stuff and racial stuff. And I kind of just freaked out and they didn't fire you. Uh-uh, no. Wow. I mean, I, I probably have stuff on my record, but I didn't yeah. get fired. I think it's pretty much impossible to get fired as long as you keep on showing up. Well, they probably didn't you get fired from target. No. Um, I did oh. work at target the summer of, after my junior year of college and it was okay. I, I mean, it was fine. It was a target in Beaverton, Oregon. 
And uh, it was just, you know, it was summer job. And they said they wouldn't hire me for a summer job. And I said, okay, well, I'll stay on for my senior year of college. But, like, my hours are going to have to be drastically cut back. I'm talking, like, I can come in, like, 10, 12 hours a week, something right, like that. Yeah. And uh, so then it comes August. I gave them my class schedule and said, okay, here's my class schedule. I can't work at these times. And you're going to have to cut me back to, like, very minimal hours. And they didn't do that. And then so the first week of classes comes around and I, they put me on for like 30 or 40 hours for my first week of classes, which I put up with because the first week of classes is like orientation and you don't yeah. really have that much to do. Mm. And then the next week came around, I went and talked to them and said, okay, I'll do it this week, but I can't any more after that. And the next week's schedule came out and they did it again. And then I just, I just stopped going. That's like, the yeah, only, what that's are you going to do? I've, I've always done the right thing with jobs and like put in my two weeks and, you know, done the honorable correct thing um i've never put target on a resume i never talked to anybody at target again i just left i just stopped showing up but i was like you guys forced me to choose between my senior year of academics which is very important to me or wearing a target and i'm trying to do right by you by but you're making it impossible so i'm just not going to do this that's the story anyway (laughs) um are you comfortable sharing where in the country like what what where what tar uh, not specifically what target but like where what state you live uh, in pennsylvania okay pennsylvania. yeah yeah so this was and like actually everybody at target got this email yeah yeah it's company-wide it was just like a generic blanket email got it but um i, I did want to real quick before uh i probably because time is limited sure i've um, stolen most of your time so go ahead <laughs> but uh yeah I, I am in pa and i have to thank you guys well mostly matt and uh, Tim Tim Pool, because uh, I did what you guys said and got involved with local politics. Wow. Uh, there was a position open. I kind of like I-, I talked to the judge of elections a few times, and yeah, you know, she was kind of friendly to me. There was a position open, so she offered it to me, and I was like, sure. Um, and it was basically running our precinct. It was me and her running the precinct for voting. Oh. Uh, so I got to see it from you know from you know inside to see how things are working and just to give you an idea of how dumb the local municipal uh, municipalities are we were looking for like a power outlet and there was a door that was locked and we were like well we need to get in there to see if they have a power outlet but it was locked and nobody had a key but right next to the door there's one of those slider doctor windows and i literally just like slid it open reached my hand in and open the door from the inside while while standing outside and just like just like the security at the muni- municipality building was just so awful. shenanigans could be but, achieved uh, if they were someone was intended. Yeah, um, there was no security sticker on one of the machines, so we called about that and they hmm. picked it up and gave us a new one. Um, there was allegedly in another county. Because we did we did blank ballots like we had a little bit under a thousand people registered, mm-hmm. so we got like a thousand blank ballots. But allegedly, according to my judge of elections, she got texts from other judge of elections um, in another county. I guess they give you a specific Democrat or Republican ballot, mm-hmm. and they were running out of Republican ballots, and some precincts only received like. 10 Republican ballots and people were like, you know, there's got to be more than 10 people registered Republican in this precinct. So I don't know. It just seemed like, seemed like it was a little bit Hmm. 
shenanigans afoot possibly. All right. Well, well, thanks for getting involved. And um, I, I appreciate the kind words, but I won't take any credit for that because I, I haven't done that myself. You're doing the hard work. And yeah. uh and I appreciate that. So thank you for for stepping up and, and taking that uh, initiative. Yeah, it was fun. So thank you for the encouragement. Yeah, thanks for the insight. And um, you know, if you, I don't know, um, if you're at you know if you're at store level in in the Pennsylvania Target, but you know a little, I don't know, a little slip up around the pride display, and maybe just you know mess it up a little bit. Never heard. Anybody. I don't watch it, so people uh, steal that. I'm like, eh, whatever. There's no way any. And then we were talking about this too, because again, it was like the the best stocked display in the store is the pride <laughs> one, because nobody's buying that shit. And then we were wondering, because Target often has like clearance items, like any other store. Yeah. Do they dare put pride items on clearance? Like, wouldn't that be a microaggression? Oh uh, yeah, oh, I wonder. They do, yeah. Do yeah, they do? Pride, they do. Yeah. It's Ooh. brave, bold, brave. Yeah. I. I I, I won't be surprised if they get in trouble for that. They definitely won't do it with like BLM stuff. How dare you put black lives at half price? I can't believe them. Anyway. It should be what? Three fifths price, right? <laughs> that was the original <laughs> deal. Nothing less. <laughs> Thank you, man. Have a good night. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Yeah. Next up is, uh, do, do you still shop at Target, by the way? Or are I you do. Like, okay. I do, yeah. I should probably... We were talking about alternatives. It's like, I guess I could go to Walmart, but like, am I, am I really doing the world favors by shopping at Walmart? You know? Well, you should shop at Target, but you should steal stuff. Mm. You know, uh, I'm going to disavow that on principle. Why? But, well, because, you know, theft is wrong regardless of who you're stealing from. But these companies are stealing from you. Uh, how? Because they're they're marking up stuff that is made in china for cents on the dollar than selling no, but, it to you it's crap i guess but you're still also choosing inflation to, is stealing from you but that's not target's fault yeah target I know. actually and took a also huge this... hit on profits because of inflation that's one of the reasons they're good. The reasons they're stock tanked good um, and i hope because of theft also. you know here's the thing about theft at target though uh the the amount of theft not just at, at target but stores like it women and their makeup is like the number one thing stolen you guys just pocketing all of that, all of that stuff in the makeup aisles. It's unreal. I've stolen a thing or two in my day. Uh, I remember when I underwear was mostly, I remember when I was younger and I should be careful because I guess people who knew me in like high school or something could piece this back together. But young women of whom I had a high level of respect, otherwise upstanding would steal large volumes of makeup from target. Yeah. Stealing is really fun. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that I, I don't think I've ever stolen anything from a store. I don't, I don't think so. I've never stolen anything from a mom and pop store. Well. What's the statute of limitations on stealing? Can I talk about things that I've done like 10 years ago? Probably, but you might want to look it up first. Oh, okay. Well, it's fine. I've stolen some thousands of dollars worth of stuff. That's a lot. And that's, that's really bad actually. Mostly underwear. And stuff from Victoria's Secret. I used to steal from Victoria's Secret all the time. Seriously speaking, this this sort of like, I'm very wary of this. Um, stealing or otherwise victimizing people is more or less bad depending on who it is. Like, 
is it more wrong to steal from the mom and pop gas station than it is to steal from Walmart? And to me, it's not yes. your property. No, it's they they both have the same right to their property. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I just am more sympathetic with the plight of the mom and pop shop. I guess, but if everybody's doing this, you know, if everybody's thinking, well, they're big and rich, and so I'm entitled to their stuff because they're big and rich. That's how you start voting for the preposterous policies that we have. Well, they're they are. It's a slippery slope, so you say. It's just it's to me it's it's completely unprincipled. Yes, either it's wrong to steal from people or it's not. But um, it's worse to steal from some people than it is to steal from other people. Mm, I I don't agree. I think it's I think it's you're wrong. saying I'm, that. Stealing a dollar from Jeffrey Epstein is as bad as like is is equally as bad as stealing the last loaf of bread from a starving African family. Well, I guess if they're a dollar is a dollar. I mean, I would say it's worse to steal uh, a huge volume of money from someone than to steal a dollar. But assuming equal value items, you don't have a right to someone else's property. Oh, I'm, if- I, I know I don't have a right. But you can't tell me that it's not worse to steal from the starving family than it is to steal from Jeffrey On what Epstein. basis, though? They both have a right to their property. Yeah. They both have a right to their property, but their their current situation makes the morality oh, level just different. But see, a subjective judgment of their current situation makes it more or less They're right. clearly different, though. I, I guess. I don't know. But at the same time, how <laughs> Someone would you- said Target isn't people. Exactly. <laughs> Target's not people. But Target is a collection of property that you have no right to. Oh, Just like anything else. I I, I hear you. I have no right to the property. Um, But I can rationalize that based on the major endorphin rush of theft a decade ago. Well, I I suppose we might be talking about two different things, too. Like, are we talking about a justice system or are we talking about, say... I don't know, your own personal judgment of right and wrong and as a matter of your own opinion. If okay, we're talking about a personal just- judgment of right. I, no, this could never be judicially delegated okay. or legislated in any meaningful way. As, as long as there would not be any kind of legal classification, a legal difference. Like it's, you know, and, and I, I grant that there are that that kind of exists because there's prosecutorial discretion. You know, a prosecutor might choose to go after you if you steal from a starving family and not choose to go after you if you steal from target. But as far as the law is written, no, I wouldn't, you you can't make distinctions based on the condition of the people. Did it sound like I was talking about the law? I guess I just, I jumped to that to be fair. Um, We have to get dangerous spaces on. Yeah. And and I haven't talked to mustache Asian yet because somehow we got mustache Asian. Are you there? Sorry for delay. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. What's on your mind? Hello. Yeah. So I'm calling you from Michigan. Oh, so you moved, or are you just visiting? I moved. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! That's great. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, caught COVID on the way. Oh uh, no! Yeah. So what about monkeypox? No, not monkeypox. Oh. It's okay. just some fever and still got some coughing. So yeah, it's taking it like a cough drop right now. But yeah, so just new, new job and the uh, fun. You know, it's, I guess it's. It's a bigger company, but it's I don't know, all big all big companies are pretty progressive. But anyway, but I just have to endure that probably. So you yeah, moved so, for a job. That's how it worked out. You got a job in Michigan and left for that reason. Yeah, Northern okay. Detroit. So cool. close oh. to where where Phoenix. Actually, the neighborhood is pretty good. Like it's kind of like a like a suburb ish. Are you area. working in Detroit proper or like outside? Of no, it? not not. Detroit proper, proper, oh, no. Okay. Well, the what's suburbs. the black person situation out there? 
actually I don't see med- that many. Like kind of kind of like maybe I don't know, not a ton actually. It's okay. mostly white actually. So a lot of I actually a lot of Asian, a lot of Chinese. That's good. Yeah, and a and a ton of uh, supposedly the most Arabs. Mm. Oh yeah, outside of yeah. there's a where's Dearborn in Michigan? There are a lot of there's a huge Muslim population in Dearborn. Yeah, and there's even a, uh, a, a Arabic Baptist church. <laughs> oh, in, uh, so Arab in Christians, interesting. Arab Christians, yeah. Hmm. So it's pretty, yeah. So it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty okay. It's pretty quiet actually. Um, even though I live right next to a major road, but yeah. So and I was riding to work this morning. I don't have a car right now. I ride my bike to work, and uh, and I saw saw a house with uh, impeach Biden and Harris just posted like huge in the. <laughs> In the a living room window, yeah, and the, the neighbor next door has a Lesco brand and yard sign. Well, that's good. You got a good so, spot, yeah, so I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of interesting, and but then I went to uh, went to work, and people start talking about gun control hmm. <laughs> because of the Texas situation. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised, but you know, still. Yeah. Well. I suppose uh, you're new on the job, and if you like the job and you like the place, probably not a, mm. a, a fight to pick at the moment. I wouldn't assume. Yeah. No, not right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, and, and it's like uh, it's all based on all of misinformation. They're like, oh, Texas just passed like, like constitutional carry, right? So you don't <laughs> need license, and and then equate that to you don't have to get background check. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's exactly. this guy. This kid couldn't have carried a handgun anyway. Um, he yeah. wasn't old enough, but it's not even clear. I'm not clear that he did. There were they were saying that he had a handgun. I don't know if he was carrying one or not. But in any case, he was 18, and and as far as I'm aware, um, well, you got to be 21 to to possess a handgun anyway. And so I'm assuming in Texas, as an 18 year old, even with constitutional carry, you cannot carry as an 18 year old, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just just weird, and I just have to endure that for. A year or two, maybe. We'll see yeah. What what happens? So, well, that's yeah. good. And I know that you'd been wanting to get out of uh, Seattle for a while, so I'm glad to hear that it that it happened. Yeah, yeah. It, at least there's a kind of change of scenery. It's much yeah. flatter. You know, yeah. the roads are much wider, and so that's widening, wide, and there's like a lot. Actually, like they actually do a pretty good upkeep in the neighborhood. Like mm. they are very, uh, they care a lot about their y- yards and you know just appearance overall. So. Mm-hmm. I think probably like this areas won't take that, you know, that much bullshit, you know, from, from progressive or like just like riots and things like that. Hopefully they, they won't. So, well, whatever you do, if any of your new friends uh, asks, if you're interested in a plot to kidnap the governor, do not say yes. (laughs) Avoid that. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Congratulations. And uh, good luck in the new job. Yeah. So, yeah. And some guys were suggesting that, we should do a, a GoFundMe for a Russian Republican at least get a get a laptop or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tablet thing. I could I could barely hear him. Was... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, All right. Thank you, yeah. man. Have a great night. All right. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. It is the last uh, call-in stream of the month, which means we talk to our friendly call screener, Dangerous Spaces. Sorry uh, for delay. We got into uh, a debate about the ethics of stealing from Target. Yeah, yeah, right. I was kind of, I was talking to Mustache, and I'm like, 
look, you were here well before the bottom of the hour. You'll get in. I'm just like, yeah. I just hope they don't rush through you so they can get to me because, you know, because, you know, you've been here for long enough. So uh, anyway, I'll ask a question. Seeing as everyone asks you how you are, and I only get a once, once a month call and you get the thing 50 times, <laughs> I'll go with the how's the family going for each of you? <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Um Actually, my parents and my wife and uh, my son all took a camping trip to Flathead Lake in the northwest part of Montana. Are they back? They got back yesterday. So they were gone on Sunday. Um, and so I, I didn't get to participate in the first camping trip, but uh, I did see a lot of the photos and they all had a great time together. And so it was, you know, I mean, the, as far as um, his development, he's right there on the, he's just been kind of on the cusp of crawling for several weeks now doing that kind of lurching and he can kind of sort of army crawl around, but he does not, he's not like full sort of upright bear crawling. Yeah, uh, and he's just, you know, be. he's very, he's very babbly. Ba, 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 ma, 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 ba, ba. But that's yep. about it. Yeah, I was going to so. say, he'd be eight, nine months. He's getting really, it's getting really quick to a year. It's going to be there yeah, he's, before he's we even realize. About know, nine months old now. So he's on the cusp of some major development and it won't be long until he's running around for sure. God, it happens so fast. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I just, I just. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just as a different rather than how a year has the family. So, you know. Well, we uh, haven't got really to Emily. Called in for, but yeah. She's um, big. The last photo you showed a couple of weeks oh, ago, she's getting. Gosh, I know. She's, you know. she's really, really tall and she's really pretty and she's got this crazy blonde, like white curly hair. She looks like she's got like Einstein electrocuted hair. Um, she's really obsessed with octopuses. Hmm. And so she'll just octopus, o- baby octopus. octopi. That's an octopus. No, it's incorrect. It's octopuses. What? No way. All right, carry on. Sorry, We've looked this up before on the show. It's not octopods. It's octopuses. That is the plural. Um, uh, yeah, she's just really, really funny. She likes to kick my brother in the balls. That's really funny, too. We should probably stop encouraging oh, yeah. all this bad Sorry, behavior in our children. I probably shouldn't have laughed at that. But. No, no. She's. I just love her. You know, Having kids is such a, such a joy. How are yeah. you? It, octopi yeah, is bad. considered outdated. You're, you're, I suppose you're right in terms of modern language. I will take the L. Take but anyway, I, you I, are fake anyway, I figured I'd bring up a topic incorrect. that's a. I figured I'd bring up a topic that's a little bit different tonight, and it's one that really kind of annoys me. Because I don't know if anyone can really define it, but I'm sick of hearing people say, "You know, people, we need to be paying people." And here's the phrase: a living wage. And yeah. I'm going to rant for a little bit because what what the fuck does that even mean? Like a living, like what does that need to cover? Does it cover rent? Does it cover you know utilities? Does it cover car payments? Does it co- does it cover your Netflix? Does it co- like what does it cover? And if it does cover, say rent, does it have to cover rent where everyone has their own room? Does it cover rent where you know people basically maybe a couple of people are in a room? You know, does it have to cover the best utilities? Does it cover something very basic? Does it like I just hate the term because it's like, and that's not even to mention, you know, does it need to be a living wage for someone that's you know stocking shelves because that's not really a very um, high skilled job. It's not something they, should, you know, I'd just be curious what you guys think because I hear that and I go, that's not a definable term, and not every job is one that's designed to be a high paid job. They have a great relationship right. with non-defined or undefined terms. They love yeah. those. Yeah, I suppose there's yeah. a truth to that, yeah. Yeah, I think but, it's a it's a colloquialism like um dreamer. 
or something that has this positive connotation but doesn't really mean anything. Like a living wage to me, it makes it sound like all that is required to keep you alive. But really, they're talking about things far above and beyond that. You got to have a sweet apartment. Yeah. You got to have a yeah. phone. You got to have internet. Yeah, and it, it just it, it gets to the fundamental question of what sets the prices for things. You could talk about this in the context of goods. What set like when Nancy Pelosi was talking about capping oil prices and th- things like that? What sets the price of that? Is it market forces or is it just someone sat in a room and decided? And that also applies to your labor. Yeah. What sets the price of that? Is it market forces? What people are willing to pay for certain labor? How common or or scarce that labor is? Or is it just someone sat at a desk somewhere and decided? And it might be tempting to have someone in a position of power say that you will be paid some X high number for your labor that isn't valued that highly by the market. But that isn't even necessarily a good deal for you either. There's another side to it where I guess I should say forfeiting your own right to decide what the value of your own labor is comes with a lot of consequences. Even if you let's put it this way, like. Let's say to the extent that this is a business of sorts, I'm not in position to hire someone, um, you know, at at even like a minimum wage to sort of shadow me and learn how to do what I do. But let's say that there was somebody at the college who really wanted to do that. Hey, I want to help you out and I want to learn how you operate. Well, as a legal matter, I probably couldn't do that because I can't pay you, you quote unquote, minimum wage to do that. But if this person said, well, I think the training that I'll get out of this will be of higher value and I'm willing to work for a very small sum or potentially some other form of compensation. There are ways around that legally. But what I'm saying is that person gets to decide what the value of their labor is. And if the state intervenes and says, no, 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 this arrangement can't ha- can't happen unless Matt pays you X. Well, that's an opportunity then denied to that person because I'm just not in position to provide that sort of compensation, though I am willing to provide opportunity at the right price. And you could see that it's not just in this situation. Take any family business who might need somebody to mop the floors at a very low price. And maybe it's somebody who's out of prison or is otherwise in a rough shape in their life and just needs an opportunity to clean up their act. Well, if mopping the floors is not of sufficient value to meet the minimum to meet the 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 minimum wage that the state has decided, that's an opportunity lost for that person because I'm just not going to pay you that much to mop the floors. I'll just mop the floors myself. Sorry. Yeah, Seemed like yeah. a nice guy, but I can't give you that opportunity because the state has obstructed it. Yeah. But I also ask the question because I've been on welfare here. Uh, welfare and welfare here is um, it's about six fifty a fortnight. Mm-hmm. So it's ridiculously like I've lived on that. So I'm like, well, technically then I could say that's a living wage is the wrong term. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could technically say, well, I'm living off that, so why <laughs> yeah. should people have to pay, you know? Like living, like it's such a it's such a kind of, you know, nebulous term that doesn't really, you know, doesn't really, and, and as a lot of people have been pointing out in chat, as it also keeps in mind, you know, what about where you're living? Like if you're living in the city, that's going to cost more than if you're going to live a bit further out in the suburbs or even well, kind I mean- of. It varies by person, too. I mean, I'm sure that all of us would have a very different conception of what a living wage truly is because our standard of living differs. You might be able to accept you might be willing to accept a lower standard of living because you have more free time or you might have very luxurious tastes. And so you require a a higher standard of living and that's fine. Um, But the point is, it's on you to make that determination, not some suit in the state capitol or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's getting a bit late in the show, so I don't want to go into a topic that we're going to go on for another 10 minutes. But the other one of, I, I really hate the people that talk about we need a living wage, but also support people that are going to get paid under the table that are going to drive down, you know, well, wages yeah, you, because you they won't enforce immigration. Yeah. You know? I, I always hate the talking point. Well, they do the jobs Americans won't do. Everyone will do every job depending on the price. Yeah. Like, yeah. do I want to go but, pick strawberries? Not really, but there is a price at which I would. Yeah, what uh, you just remind me of something is it's the it's the amazing thing to watch them go. Well, if you get rid of the illegals, you're going to have to increase wages. I'm watching that going. Hang on. So you're saying that you're com- completely happy to exploit people with low pay? Is, is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> Considering well, how much you guys always talk about how much you love them, it's like you're basically saying you want to be able to exploit people. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's always implied messages like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the thoughts and uh, thanks for uh, all you do for the show. It's always uh, very much appreciated and everyone has kind words for you. They always do. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do appreciate when people kind of give me the kind words. I really do appreciate that, guys. So thank you very much. And yeah, so hope you guys and the family are doing well. And uh, I look forward to talking to you in a few weeks. You too. Well, uh, yeah, thank you. Have a great night. No worries. Talk to you soon. All right. Um, we're all set on calls, obviously. I uh, appreciate the patience of the callers tonight as we got a little sidetracked, <clears> as we <throat> often do. Um, but it is time for email questions. And, uh, of course, if you'd like to send us an email question, the way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll respond to those at the end of the stream every week, as we will right now. Morally Insane says, my question is this. If a journalist was to defame you and cause you to be convicted of a crime based on their lie, how far would you be willing to get back at them, both both legal and illegal? Uh, I bet I'd go further illegally. That guy that doxed me, I like, I like tried to ruin his life. This is the St. Louis guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he got fired. He got fired because of you. Yeah. Yeah. How did you do that? Um, well, I got my family involved and then my dad was like threatening a lawsuit Ah. And then they deleted his Twitter account and then he didn't post for a really long time. And then he was running for some weird political position like last year. The Riverfront Times. Blonde yeah. ruined them, you say? No, I mean, they're still doing their same shit stuff. <laughs> I guess but, like this- I would have I would have, you know, gone further if I could have figured out a way. Hmm. And he I didn't ruin my life or get convicted of any crimes. He just really pissed me off. Well, this, this is sort of a difficult hypothetical, too. So defame you to cause you to be convicted of a crime based on right. their lie. What kind that's of a, crime? That's a strange you? hypothetical because I guess the implication is I didn't do it and was wrongfully convicted. Right? Yes. Otherwise, Otherwise, the accusation would be true. If... Like, did they correctly accuse me and I got convicted because it was true? Or no, they no, wrongfully accused me and I was yeah. wrongfully convicted... Well, I guess, first of all, I got to fight that. Am I in prison? Like, what's the situation here if I'm convicted? Um, You're in prison because you were wrongfully convicted. Well, then I got to get out of prison. Or I guess the question is, do I start making calls to... The trouble is, like, this... I guess this hypothetical almost precludes legal options. Because if I'm in prison 
currently serving a sentence on a conviction, it's going to be very difficult for me to go to court and make an accusation of defamation, considering I've been convicted in a court of law of the accusation that they made against me. That all but eliminates legal options until I win on appeal or otherwise get out of yeah. prison. Illegal options would, I guess, be calling up some people and, uh, I don't know, putting some banana peels out on the sidewalk outside of his house and yeah. hoping he slips and breaks his back. Man, um, well, the other difficult thing, too, is if you start resorting to illegal means, that really puts your appeals on your wrongful conviction in a spot. Because if you start committing other crimes on top of the one you've already been wrongfully convicted for, that's going to be very difficult to win. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking too far into the details of this hypothetical. Maybe I should just think on a broader theme. How far are you willing to go to fight a defamation claim? Yeah. Especially one that damages you in a meaningful way. I mean, obviously, I'm willing to go the full extent of of what the law allows. And I think our current structure on our current structure on, on defamation as it relates to the First Amendment is correct. If I can demonstrate that somebody um, I guess I would qualify as a public figure. It'd have to be actual malice and and damaged me. Yeah, I would I would go after them for those damages. Um, you know me, though. I'm, I'm a man of principle. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start trying to sabotage people in sketchy ways or trying to commit crimes against them. I would, I would go after them to the full extent of the law. And if I did have any other intentions, I sure, I certainly wouldn't say them. On the street. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I should rethink this. Uh, All right. Who is next cheese maker? Hey, thanks, Matt and blonde. You're president of the United States for the next eight years. And you will have the House and the Senate on your side for those eight years. What are your top five items you would want to tackle? Can we can we cut that down? We will like? have to for time. But maybe we can go back and forth like you pick two and I pick. Why don't we just do why don't we do three each? That's close enough to a five total. Top five items that you would want to tackle at the federal level in those eight years. Okay. Um uh meaningful meaningful reduction in foreign in military foreign presence. Hmm. Um, immigration. Oh, so many things. Maybe this transgender thing in public schools. From a federal level, you want to federalize it. All right. Um, because I I would take a somewhat opposite. I'm deleting all alphabet agencies. The Department oh, of Education. Oh, I forgot about that. Included Damn. so D, the Department of Education, even if it's being used for newfound benevolent purposes, I'm still hitting the delete key. Okay. Um, though I understand that it is a problem. I, I, I will uh, take your point on border security. I think that is all but a necessity. You you can't have the volume of people coming from outside this country coming in without knowing who the hell they are and not experiencing massive uh, change to the country. So I would, I would get that under control. What would be the third? I mean, I... I I, some some sort of renewed commit. This is pursuant to the original theme about deleting the alphabet agencies, but some kind of renewed commitment to the Tenth Amendment that the federal government is only going to do what it has, uh, what its explicitly expressed powers are, and other than that, all the powers are going to remain in the states. I don't know how that would. That's kind of a broad thing, but can I just make the Tenth Amendment become actualized and realized, and delete anything that is contrary to it? Maybe. That's that's a lot of things. It I'm has to be within the realm of what is realistic for a two-term president with the House and Senate. Well, if so. everybody in the House and Senate agrees with me, we could do it in one bill. 
Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take another one. Uh, repeal the NFA. Re- really repeal all federal gun control, but specifically the NFA, which is what limits your access to all sorts of restricted items like short barreled rifles, short barreled shotguns, suppressors, uh, all of those sorts of things. I, I don't think the federal government really has much business in in gun control at all. See Amendment Two. Um, <sighs> but if I had to pick like one bill, I think I'd go after the NFA first and foremost. Let's see. The next one is. Uh, what two in the pink one in the stink as a white person i'm tired of being told every day that i'm racist since all the left does is say that white people are racist why not just be what they say uh we are since they are just going to say it anyways yeah (laughs) yeah yeah to me it's um to me it's not necessarily an argument and and that's why I don't think it's completely unreasonable to say like, okay, and it's just another name that is called. Now, do I think that every individual is entitled to be judged as an individual and should be? Of course, I believe that. Does that mean, but does it mean that there's a moral obligation to deny um, tendencies that exist on average among populations? No, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to deny what is true as a matter of data and evidence about this world. So racist is such a broad term, too. Do you mean to say that there are literally no differences on average across populations? Because that's obviously not true. Do you mean to say that we should should or should not judge people as individuals? Well, I know where I stand on that. But, you know, uh, I I guess it's just it's another to me. It's just another empty name call. I don't care. Like, I don't care if you think I'm racist or call me racist. Make an argument about why whatever you're accusing me of is Mm -hmm. bad. And we can talk about that. Right. I mean, nobody's ever going to agree on a definition of racism anyway. What I would call um, accepting obvious realities about the world we live in is called racist by some. Yeah. You know, so so what is what does it even matter? Like, what are you going to be to um, to these people? But I don't know. I don't like this idea of like, oh, they already think we're this. Why don't we just become this? Like, I don't want to become like these racist white hicks. It doesn't help us at all. Just don't be Hicks is the key point. Like, you know. Don't be Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> Sweaty balls. Hi, Matt and Blonde. What can be done, if anything, about the changing demographics in our country? I know this has been a topic lately, and it does really worry me that it's going to get to a point where Republicans can never win another election because of all the immigrants coming to the United States. I can see the issue really affecting our elections the next 20 years. Yeah. I mean, don't you think we're kind of already there in terms of... Um, of elections. I just don't think that it really matters if Republicans win. How how are they going to meaningfully change the political climate uh or the demographic issues? Yeah. We're just too far gone at this point. I mean there's some there's some evidence that that you know, especially in Hispanics polling is not looking great for Democrats, so you know, it's not a slam dunk that it necessarily means Democrats rule, but the demographic tendencies are what they are and I think the the point is taken that you can't have this many people coming into the country and think that it's not going to to change sort of the voting preferences or habits of the country or at bare minimum, just dilute how much your individual vote matters. You know, even if everybody who's voting agrees with you, there's something to be said that your individual vote is devalued by by every single immigrant, even legally, that comes you know through our system, you could make an argument against immigration for that reason. I suppose it's not necessarily one that I would hold, but it is true. The more votes there are, the the less your individual vote matters. That's just a mathematical reality. But as far as what can be done about it, I mean, that's the scary thing about this. Yeah. There, there, 
not, virtually nothing. What, what other than the sort of like, if you disagree with the policies that are being enforced on you, like retreating to North Idaho, you know, yeah. that, which is what's happening for a lot of people. Um, but eventually you run out of places to retreat to the, if you, if you keep flooding the country with that many people, you do run out of places where you sort of have your own political refuge. And if you have a system that's dominated by the federal government, there is no political refuge. You right. can't escape right. these people. Yeah. So I wish I had a, a good answer, but other than sort of like voting with your feet, which is what our design, our system is designed to protect. That's being chipped away. Other than that, the, the only other option is, you know, uh, very, very unfortunate options that tend to happen when systems collapse. Yeah. Yes, that is true. I mean, we're about to witness some very upsetting things in our lives. Maybe. Hopefully this happens in our life, in our lifetime. I'm, I don't want to live the rest of my life just waiting. <laughs> you know, Civil War Two is going to kick off the day after Blonde dies. That's how this oh. is going to work. Well, I just She's don't want Emmeline to deal with it. Yeah. I want our generation to bear the brunt of this. Um, yeah. Not a Fed. <laughs> We've had a lot of issues involving race here in the U.S. In the past 50 years, things seem worse than ever, and it's clear there's hostility between different demographics. I sometimes think that segregation will be better for everyone. <laughs> Do you think ending segregation 50 years ago? Fed, Fed, <laughs> Fed, 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 Fed. Was the best thing for this country, or was it a mistake? I mean, what do black people want? And that's not a rhetorical question. What do they want? Well, it. I guess I would say what do the, I suppose, the racial activists, uh, which are a subset. Um, what is, but it what is, is confusing because the black population want, though, if the breadth of the, back, the black population presently wants segregation, then I think that forced integration is um, is bad for them. It's bad for them collectively. Well, a lot of the racial activists, they, they seem to want both. You know, they want their own spaces away from other races, but they also resent the fact or resent if other races leave them, I suppose, because that's like abandonment and that's not properly supporting that population. I mean, just like anything yeah. else, it's totally incoherent. I, I don't. Here's what I do know. The, the act of forcing any kind of association is not only morally wrong, but it's never, almost never effective. The idea yeah. that you're going to just take divergent groups of people. And I don't just mean that racially. I mean, like any division of people that you want to create, you're going to take divergent groups, groups of people and force them together and say, you guys are going to get along right, or get else along. it, it yeah. doesn't work. People have to associate by their own free choice or they won't. It's as simple as that. So, do I oppose um, I what I oppose is the force. What I oppose is the mechanisms of force that were used in that situation. It's not that I'm racially segregationist or, or integrationist. I just, you know, you have a right to association and for someone else to come in and force you to associate or not associate in any one particular way. is just wrong and it, it doesn't work. And I think we're seeing a lot yeah. of consequences of that too. Yep. Coon cheese meat sneeze. I forgot about this one. Hi, me again. I listened to the show from two weeks ago and I was surprised to hear that you answered my question. I can confirm that the story is sadly true. This was the one about what was this crazy story? We didn't even believe it was true. This um, was a guy who's banging his boss, but yeah. has some like his old boss. Right. But he has some like hot young girlfriend who doesn't know about it. He has a hot young fiance. They're getting married and he his predicament yeah. was do I stop banging this boss at work and lose my job? 
and or do I come clean with my fiance about everything that's been happening this whole time? And our answer was like, stop banging. First of all, I mean, that's, that is a that's a prostitution situation. Yeah. You know, you're selling your body to your boss for 500 bucks or whatever it is. And you're deceiving your fiance by virtue of, well, it's just it's infidelity on top of that. So you have to come clean with everybody and suffer the consequences. What was our answer? All right. All I will say is that I'm siding with the audience and taking my sins to the grave while trying to move, uh, trying to move to a different job four states over. I'm going to pose this as a big life change, roll it into a proposal and see how it goes. I was surprised to hear both of you so critical of my choices. For me, there is a clear distinction between boning for a job, which I take no, see no pleasure in at all. And a, and a life with my loving lady, which is my greatest treasure. Can intimacy only be for love? There is an entire industry that says otherwise. Is the cheating, if the cheating is the sin here or the lying, I only feel guilty about the latter. I tried to rationalize her decisions if I told her and it's frustrating me greatly. I was doing this long before seeing her and I want to stop and I never lied and she never even asked me. Just wanted to update you. We'll see how it goes. Lots of love. Well, I can't agree that that's not deceptive just because she never, if your girlfriend never asks you, Hey, are you cheating on me? And you are, that's still wildly immoral. So I can't agree to yeah, um, that, that, that this is morally square here. No, dude. Like you, you have to tell her. If she finds out, all right, I, I, I agree that on moral principle you have to, but as a practical matter, if she ever finds out, uh, you're fucked. Your marriage will implode. And I just, I'll put it this way. What I cherish the most about my relationship with our, with my wife is I know that, that she and I can share absolutely everything with each other because we have. And if it came to my attention that she had some deep, dark secret in the past, that wasn't just something she did before she knew me. That was kind of, you know, of poor moral character or bad. Yeah. But she was actively deceiving me throughout our dating and our engagement and, and did not. Uh, to me, that is a, a, I, I borderline don't believe in divorce. I think it should be an almost never situation, but deception under the terms of the marriage itself is a, I mean, that's, that's right there, man. Yeah. Um, I understand. And then if you have a kid, you can't get divorced. So, I, I I just think you got to come clean. And it's not just it, it, it's because it involves her. I understand that there are some secrets you take to the grave where maybe you did something really bad before you knew your wife or maybe you did something really bad that was really unrelated to her. I would still advocate for honesty. But it's not necessarily deception to her. This is deception to her just because she didn't ask right. doesn't mean it wasn't deceptive. It. It was a betrayal of the relationship that you two shared. Unless I'm misunderstanding. Were you in an open relationship and she said it's fine if you're hooking up with other people? I don't think so. I would have some questions about that, but at least it's honest to the point. <sighs> That's terrible. Okay. So I've, it's your life. You you do what you think is is the correct course of action. Um, and and it's your decision to make. But I, I just I, I worry that this is setting up for disaster down the road. Um, yeah. And if anybody knows about it, you have to kill them. <laughs> Simple as that. They have to they have to slip on a banana and break their back. 
Um, Maria, I'm officially team repeal the 19th this year, and I told my husband to pick our candidates, and that is how I will vote until it is repealed. However, I'm curious, when voting is in primaries, do you vote based on who has the best shot at winning or who best represents your political views, even if they have no chance in winning even the primaries? I mean, I align with the person that you agree with the most on fundamental moral issues. I'm, I don't want to project, but I'm pretty sure that's what you would say, too. Hmm. Um, before I answer, I, I do want to say to the previous. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't too, mean to cut you off. I, well, I just was thinking this because, you know, you ma- he makes the point that we're very critical, and I, I I think that's fair. I am very critical of of the situation, and I think the choices that you're making. However, um, I very much appreciate the good faith with the email, and I very much appreciate uh, coming back and clarifying and talking about that, and not just not getting hurt. But I know it's very personal, and sometimes that can lead to very emotional or or hurt feelings. So. I just want to appreciate, uh, acknowledge and That's appreciate true. that. And it's not like we've never done anything bad. I mean, I've done tons of terrible, terrible Speak shit. for yourself. I'm a good <laughs> um, um, I've done but, some things. Know, I have not done that. I have not done that, though. Yeah, that's really spe- a specific situation, though. But, like, the best yeah. thing you can do is to unburden yourself mm. of this. I mean... Um, so this question is specifically in the primaries, not just general about whether you vote for your your best alignment with your own principles or who you think will win. Um, in the primaries in particular, I am going to vote for who I think best aligns with my views and my principles. When it comes to the general, will I strategize a little bit more? Maybe sacrifice some of my principles in the interest of stopping what is a worse alternative? Yes. Yeah. But I, I guess in the primaries, I'm not interested in this strategy of like, well, I think this person could beat that person in an election that's down the line. Take this election first and worry about the next election later. And and uh, so I guess my answer is primary specific principles all the way. Um, general, I'll bend a little bit to you. Uh, yeah. Well, your answer no, is I don't agree. vote. Well, yeah, don't. But she's talking about giving <laughs> yeah. her husband a vote, which I am fine. Right. With. OK, that um, is the uh, that is the compromise. Which um is literally the way it, the way it works. I don't can I even admit that, or is that is it fraudulent to say that like we get our ballots and my wife is like fill no, it out can, for me. No, you can do that. It's okay. Legal. <laughs> yeah. Which also you know I talk about hypocrisy and stuff. It's like yeah, that's still going on. Vote by mail here. I I to the extent that vote by mail is going on, it's like it's very convenient and I'm gonna do it. <laughs> but I will also support a law that says you got to go in and vote. And I will go in and vote <laughs> that's if that's true. the law. I will do that. But it's like, well, if everybody else is doing it, then what, the fuck, what difference does it make if I do it or not? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess I might be a hypocrite on that. Anyway, Sleuthing Sloth says, hey, both uh, good news. Me and my other half are finally married. Congratulations. We are enjoying married life so far. Wanted to ask what is the best thing about being married uh, to you? As in, <laughs> not married to us, but yeah, I see. To you, what is the best thing about being married? I see. Oh, geez. Um, well, you know, there are the things about sharing your life and life experiences with somebody and not being lonely and everything like that. But the big thing is that you don't have to date anymore. It is a relief. Go on dates. Yeah. And then the unprotected sex is also great. Uh, shared purpose in our son, big fan. Oh yes. Um, big fan of that, but I agree that, um, and and that is first and foremost and our commitment to each other is fundamentally a commitment to him. Um, and that's the best thing because it's, there's never a day that goes by where you're like, what am I doing with my life? And you know what you're doing, (laughs) you know what you're doing, you're you're raising that kid. But I, to your points, I do agree that when I was single, there's a certain anxiety about 
Will I find a person? Will I, will my life just kind of plateau and then rot? Um, Will I have to continue this struggle to try to pick up women or something like that? What am I doing? The not having those thoughts on a daily basis is great. Um, It is great, man. And there's just a certain, yeah, there's just certain comfort and confidence that just goes along with knowing that someone will be there for you uh, at your highest highs and lowest lows. Lowest lows, yeah. So, yep, I agree. Did I read that one? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I did. So you're up next. Okay. Um, Anchor Baby, would you rather have a 95% chance to win $100,000 or a 50% chance to win $10 million? Ah. 50% chance to win $10 million for sure. We totally botched. We got a question like this before, and um, we, well, I shouldn't include you. I botched the math on it. It was one about winning like, X amount over, would you rather take a lump sum or X amount for X amount of time? And I totally misunderstood the math. We like, I, oh. I would have changed my answer if I had the math correct. Um, so I'm going to think hard about this one. 95% chance to win a hundred grand or 50% chance to win 10 million. Um, well, I suppose a lot of it depends on your financial situation too. I, I actually, I will take, 95% at 100 and invest it very wisely. Are you serious? Because it's almost guarantee. It's it's a virtual guarantee of significant money that if you put it into any kind of wise diversified investment for, say, 30 years, I don't know. Well, maybe you'll reach 10 million, maybe not. But you base you, you can be confident that you're going to have a, a secure. But um, but if you don't get $100,000, I am confident that it wouldn't change our lives that drastically. Mm-hmm. But if you did get $10 million. Yeah. And it's not like 1% chance at $10 million. It's 50-50. Yeah, but it's also 50 at zero. That's and, fine. Um, you know, I, I, I take your point that $10 million is is significantly more life-changing than 100000 I guess, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like, could could I, I have a, a virtual guarantee at securing my family's future and to me that's more valuable than like i don't know some awesome shit we could do with 10 million um so i i will take the security and count on the benefits decades down the line i kind of can't believe that Hmm. okay okay all right Uh, i mean it's i i can entertain arguments on both sides of it but there's a there's a significant shot at walking away with nothing, and I just I feel like I would, uh, feel like I would not be putting my family in good position by taking that. I guess I'd be a garbage deal or no deal player if I was uh, on that show. You'd be like, I'm just gonna take. Wait, I can't remember how that game works. I would be the guy who's who cashed out on his like five thousand dollar case, and then they open yeah. it up and say, Oh, you sold, uh, you know, you sold your five thousand dollar case for I. I when you take the deal or you, the let me remember how the show works. When the banker gives me the deal for like 10 grand, I'd say <laughs> I take it I accepted. Yeah. And then they'd open up my case and there'd be a million dollars inside. That's how, yeah, that's yeah. how it would work for me. I see it. But if it was anything less than 50%, I'd be out on this. 50% is still a significant gamble. I mean, it, re- yeah. it really is. It's 50% shot at nothing. It's 50% shot at a goose egg. And to me, my my job first and foremost is make sure my family has a secure future. And I have an all but guarantee to do that. You know, it might not be the most glamorous, but 
it's but a hundred thousand dollars just is not that much money, right? But if you if it's invested and managed over time, that that grows significantly. But if so. you take the 50-50, you're not going to be in a worse position than you are. And then you only have to reconcile with being $100,000 potentially poorer. That's a decision I'd be, I would feel better about living with than losing out on 900, wait, $9,900,000. Yeah. That was way I'll too take hard the, for I'll me. take the guaranteed security. You know, guaranteed security for my family is, I shouldn't say guaranteed. It's not. You know, actually what will happen to me is I'll take the deal and I'll be the 5%, <laughs> 5% yeah. who gets zero. That that will be, I'll have no! the ultimate shame. I, 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 you know, was a big coward about it and didn't get the payout. But anyway. T. Gray yeah. says, blonde are the left descendants of Cain and capable of creating anything indestructive of life. Hmm. Um, hmm. I don't know if that's true because there's a lot of um, there is a lot of creativity on like especially artistic creativity on the left, but they surely are destructive of life. Hmm. Uh, there are things about leftists that you know I like, like this restaurant culture and and like the hedonistic parts of life and, and the artistry and, and things like that. Like I, I, I like that. Um, I don't think they're inherently bad for the most part. Maybe. I don't know. I'm still turning it over. And then Matt, I have a 2007 black WRX manual engine is 175,000 miles on it. Starting to have problems. Do I get a rebuild on the engine or put the car out to pasture? Uh, when you say get a rebuild, I assume you mean uh, that means hiring someone else to do it. I, I'm, I'm taking this as like you're not, uh, you know, going to do all the work yourself or something like that. And well, the thing is, um, the car market is just so so shitty right now. You know, if you want to retire the car and get something else, you want to buy a used car. Uh, that's going to be a nightmare. You're going to overpay for that. You want to buy a new car, probably overpay for that too, but also the selection is going to be limited because of the state of the market. Right. So I guess I'd have to know the cost. I mean, I know if you're doing a full engine replace or even a significant rebuild, you're, you're talking thousands of dollars. Do you want to, in, I, and it also depends how much you love the car. I'm a big fan of that car. I, my plan is to drive mine to the grave. Mine is a 15 that's got 111,000 miles on it. And it's, that's not so bad. it's still going strong. So my, I, I've mentioned it before. My mom had a 98 Subaru Forester that had an engine replaced and drove to like 700,000 miles or something what? like that. Yeah, it was insane. It was one of the original 98 Foresters. Um, so I love my car. If something went drastically wrong with my car, that was a th- multi-thousand dollar repair. Um, if it was me, I might, I, I'd probably be more inclined to try to pick up something else than to try to rebuild the car. But I'd have to shop around, man. I'd have to like really search for, I suppose, a used car that wasn't outrageously priced or right something. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I'd be inclined to put the car out to pasture, but you know that's just depends. It depends how much you love the car, and depends on the cost of. I don't. I don't. I don't. If the cost of what you're trying to do is actually modest, and you love the car, I could be persuaded to keep it too. I. I. You know, when when I lose my car, it's going to be like a, a dog dying or something like that. Like I love that car. I don't want to give it up, um, and I might have to because especially once there are more more kids in the mix, it's like we just need more. Gotta room. have a bigger car. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Inaptius uh, um, says, I'm 25 and my wife's 27, no children, and she doesn't want any for the foreseeable future. 
She has done everything for me in my immigration to Russia, but I'm starting to see it as a lost cause. She sees it as an, uh, an economic union and lacks conservative principles. Why shouldn't one sell off their property and become a fool for Christ? Uh, that is a, a wandering beggar. Uh, I mean, I don't want to advise people to get divorced because marriage is a holy union. But in the absence of at least plans for having children, I just don't really see a purpose in it. Of marriage itself? Well, I mean, I agree that the point of it is is rearing children. I don't think that like but... infertile couples should get divorced or anything, yeah. but I just don't know why you would enter into this union that is a liability for both parties in the absence of growing your family. The only comfort I could say is she's 27 and that might be just shy of the switch. One day the biological switch flips and she realizes it is her biological imperative. Yeah, but he's 25. Yeah, but on the other side of that, he has more time than she does. So if he, if you waited out for a little bit, I, I wouldn't just wait it out passively, though. I would I would be actively having these conversations and see if that switch gets flipped anytime soon. But uh, I don't know. But, I think it's ultimatum time. Well, but it, especially if if he's, you know, I assume you went to Russia from the United States or I don't know. But if you've totally upended your life, wherever you went to Russia from, you you left that place, obviously, and you you've built some kind of um, you've built whatever you have by moving to a different part of the world. But That's he great. does owe her. Uh, owe her for for sponsoring you, his. Oh, for life. the immigration thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what happens in that? Like if someone is granted U.S. citizenship, I suppose, is that the proper term through marriage? And then they get divorced. I don't know. Does that stand? We need to we need to email our friend Laurel. She knows all these questions about the immigration law. Uh, I, I assume it doesn't get revoked if you get a divorce, but it also seems like it would be very abusable. Like if I just marry someone, right. you can almost make a business out of that. I'll marry you. You get citizenship. And then uh, I divorce you like the next year. But there's probably some that'd probably be prosecuted for fraud for something like that. Um, I don't know about this. I don't want to tell people flippantly, like, get divorced. But I don't know. You only have one life to live here. Are you not going to have any kids? I I do agree that I think it's, you know, it's part of a complete human life experience. And I understand people are dealt rough hands in that. You know, not everybody can have kids. Certain conditions preclude it. But. It's much clearer to me a little bit as I've gotten a little bit older and someone who questioned whether I wanted kids in my younger life. It's a part of life that you shouldn't go without voluntarily, in my opinion. Not that you you can't. You can make that choice, but it's such a significant part of life that I think it would be a shame to just sit it out and not have that experience. So maybe you can... Maybe you can go at her a little more gently in that way, which is like, well, what is the purpose of our union? And are we really sure that we want to just just forego this fundamental part of a human life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she should have figured it out by 27, right? You know, you're in the situation that you're in, and I I hope you try to stick it out and give her as much of a chance as you can. But uh, the other thing, and I know this doesn't do you much good in FDS because – this is retroactive for you, but for anybody who's in, you know, you're dating now or you're looking for a relationship now, again, Talk about it early on, 
this is seriously like date one. You, you, date one, yeah. yeah. And if you are trying to hide this, you have to think like, why am I not being upfront about it? Yeah. And if I someone talked to my husband you, about this the first date. And if someone thinks you're crazy or too serious, well, guess what? They're not serious. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about them. So you've got to treat it like a job. Yeah, you really do. I know it's unromantic, but ugh, it might be unromantic, but women, so well, depressing. I don't know. I, I shouldn't speak for, I, but women respond to a plan. Like give a woman a plan. She will fall in love with you. That's oh, the key. Yeah. That is truer. Words have never been spoken. <laughs> Marry me and you'll never have to make another decision in your life about what to eat for dinner. A That's how you sink. woo them. Yeah. <laughs> if you both had to choose two celebrities from all of history, to join you in your post-U.S. collapse compound for survival, who would they be and why? <laughs> I have to pick Daniel what? Boone and Carl's Hathcock. I've had to believe that a great frontiersman and the greatest Marine sniper would prove their worth. Ooh. Ooh, man. From all of history. Okay, I'm going to take... This is an uh, impossible question. And it's for like a, a survival situation. Okay, uh, I'll I'll go with your theme on accomplished sniper. Can I take Vasily Zaitsev from World War II, the guy who sniped like a hundred Germans, the Russian guy? That's pretty good. That's a pretty good. He's answer. the enemy at the gates movie guy. I'll t- except for that was sort of a bastardized version. Of it. But I'll take him and then like, uh but it's okay. So if if he's like kind of our hunter and security, I need someone who can like build stuff and. And is more into the survivalist stuff beyond just shooting things. <clears throat> Who would that you be? You need a strategy guy. What about Robert E. Lee? <laughs> but can Robert E. Lee like start a fire for me and help me cook stuff and build build uh, shelters? I'm sure he can, but Maybe. you might want to get somebody else in there that could do that. How about how about Ted Kaczynski? How about Bear Grylls? <laughs> oh, but you have to listen to him talk all the time. I'm taking Vasily Zaitsev and Bear Grylls. Okay. Uh, Robert E. Lee and Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> I think I'm happy Ro- with my choice. You know, I think Robert will really temper uh, some of Ted's worst tendencies and, or maybe vice versa. Maybe Ted will radicalize Robert beyond his restraints. What a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Your, your picks are probably better than mine. All right. <laughs> uh, Is this one me? Oh. Her careful. Peas. Yeah. Are LGBT just fetishes made into personality traits? Um, ugh, I think that some of them are. I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this nature versus nurture thing with homosexuality because it's obvious that some people are born, like some women are born with more testosterone, some men are born with more estrogen for whatever reason. So there is clearly a genetic com- component to homosexuality, but there is also an environmental component too. So I don't, think that a lot of gay people are trying to make this part of their personalities, but then there's this whole movement that has become straight up an identity. The transgenderism thing is straight up uh, a personality trait issue. Seems so. Yeah. And uh, I, I suppose I could entertain this argument. I mean, a lot of it is, um, it is just like bedroom preferences made into a public personality. And yeah. that's what is so insufferable about it. It'd be no different than someone walking around with like an, I prefer doggy pride t-shirt on like, okay, cool. <laughs> Good for you, but I don't care. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's all it is. Like, 
I don't know. I mean, a lot of it. The, the one a person, the people I sympathize with a lot are are sort of like, uh, I suppose maybe the gay people who don't make it an identity, where it's just yeah, they, they're yeah. actually just striving to live a normal life and not have this front and center of like some sort of public advertisement all oh, the time. Oh, this must suck so much for them. I think that's actually the majority of them, but they do get hijacked and lumped yeah. in with these activists who make sure that, you know, everything is a pride parade that you have to clap for. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wonder how the percentages actually break down because that's what's, you know, someone who is fundamentally a, a person who believes in your right to behave in ways that don't necessarily harm others. Even if I disagree with them, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not violating the rights of others, you should be able to live the life that you see fit. I'm, I'm, I'm with, uh, I suppose the quote unquote movement that far, but it, it just had no way of stopping. I mean, we've talked about yeah. it all the time. It, it just, it didn't stop there. It wasn't leave. I, I listened to leave us alone and I believe in leave us alone, but then it became, sh- you must clap. You must clap for us all the time. I, that's where I'm out. I don't yeah, agreed. Do what you want, but I'm not clapping. You're not going to make me. You can't make me, and, but they, they try. And they that's, won. that's why I'm going to die in the gay war. It's like, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> the Lori Lightfoot gay war. I wish I had the meme to show, but I sent it to you. I, I was like, this is my fate. Because, of course, I have this anxiety about dying in the gay war, an undignified death. That is, first, I'll lose the gambling bet on the $10 million, and then I'll be clubbed to death in the gay war. This is yeah. my fate in the future. But I saw the great, uh, there was a meme of a dude. I think he was supposed to represent like an ANCAP or something. But he was wearing black and yellow. Generally, he's supposed to represent like the libertarian principles. And he looked at a, a like a what are those bats with the nails in them called? Oh, I don't know, but I know the, what you're talking about the bat, the you know, a zombie weapon baseball bat. And it said government power on it. And he looked and he went, "No, I won't use it. It's wrong." And there's like some disgusting hairy-legged tranny right next to it. <laughs> hairy-legged tranny picks it up, just walks over, clubs him in the brain, yeah, and he's dead. Yeah. His brain is spilled all over the the <clears throat> ground, but at least he got to die with dignity and principles. No, I won't use I will not use that. I would rather be clubbed in the brain by the trannies in the gay war. I know. It's you know, you may, you may agree or disagree, but at least I am self-aware of my fate. And uh, an embarrassing death in the gay war is my fate. I accept that. That is terrible. Why? Why would you accept that? It can't be what you want. Uh, no, it's not what I want. But uh, and I was thinking a lot about what you had said on that same topic, which is like, I just don't want to die in a hilarious way. <laughs> I don't. It's like, you know, people do die in hilarious ways. I'm on Gorgrish all the time. It's like yeah. people get ripped apart by hippos and like, yeah. you know, I just don't want to die in a funny way. It would, it would be really devastating. Which means it's going to happen for both of us, I'm sure. All right. Uh, that's all on email questions. Thank you guys. As a reminder, it's on the contact page of the website, call and show question form. If you'd like to send us an email question uh, really quick over on D live. Let's see. Uh, C2K says one of two. Oh, that's multiple chats. I've been attacked by someone who wants to know if blonde liked the link for her braids. Oh, yes. Somebody has sent it to me on um, from their daughter on Instagram. I'm trying to up my braid game, hmm. and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Check out my Instagram. It's blonde underscore beast, I think. Haven't been banned yet. On Instagram, it's only mom stuff. I'll never ah, get banned. Very, very clean. Uh, uh, Tippy stream, just a couple. We're actually just uh, just one Deb stop, not dubstep. Deb stop. Uh, 
we see you you black ugly devil <laughs> martin luther <laughs> what? uh that did martin luther say that as in the the religious figure martin luther or are we talking he must be talking about okay the religious figure. that that caller's kid was just quoting martin luther lol okay <laughs> or is he talking martin luther king i have to he look must up the be quote talking again. martin luther right i don't know wouldn't he say mlk otherwise List of Luther. I don't see a, a good source on this, but uh, this one source I see is referring to Martin Luther. Yeah, the the Protestant figure, not uh, the racial activist. Hmm. All right. Are you good? Yeah, we're good. Oh, okay. Um, Chief Slingin' Beef. Hmm. Post a photo on Discord of Juneteenth shirt at Walmart being displayed here in Tennessee right next to the 4th of July attire. Oh, Just God. got a new pistol. <laughs> Don't tell us that. Well, it's probably the more they start talking about this gun control stuff the you know, it's probably be another rush on that. I forgot, though, as I was talking about, should I shop at Walmart as some perceived superior alternative to Target? Um, yeah, I forgot, though, that, that Walmart has Juneteenth ice cream and other oh, merchandise. Man. So, God, now Juneteenth is rolled into Pride Month. What? That's going to be a hell of a day, man. June 19th. That's going to yep. be That's going to be something. Yikes. Um, my poor kid. Uh, let me reload this really quick. She's just going octopus, octopus. Genubath. <laughs> Self-preservation is as natural to humans as any other mortal sin like lust or greed. You can't appeal to human sinful nature when just when trying to justify sin. Hmm. That's like saying, why shouldn't I sin if God made me like that? That's true. That's that's a good point. Um, I guess that raises an interesting question, unless I'm misunderstanding. But is self-preservation always moral? Is there are there ways to self-preserve that are immoral? I suppose there are ways that go too far. I mean, I can self-preserve by killing a perceived threat that isn't actually a significant threat. And that would be right. But I don't know. Is self-preservation always moral or or does it have sort of vice tendencies like the things that he's talking about lust or other things can it be is it a vice of sorts <clears throat> self-preservation at the expense of others rights i suppose that's true hmm. that's true um yeah i wonder if we should just be trying to root out all of these tendencies in ourselves thunderstorm is leftism projection in action um some of it it's like the people that they want to be they project that in their legislation despite it being impossible to really change people in that way. Well, they want to perfect human nature by legislation yeah, yeah, yeah. in a lot of cases. So I guess short answer. Yes. Just projection. Means- well, in a lot of their own faults, they, they throw at others too. Right. Um, just me. It's so nice to see two people who live their morals and values. I was stationed at Malmstrom uh, AFB in 1986. I pray both of you or both I, I pray you both all the best in your futures. Please don't stop being who you are. It is much easier for me to live by my standards of morals than it is for you to live by yours. That is true. Well, and I, I appreciate the, uh, the kind words and the support, but you know, I don't know that I necessarily live up to my own as well as I could either, but, uh, None of but us thank do. you for that. And, um, yeah, I don't get up to that part of the state very often either. Maelstrom is, um, is right outside of, uh, Great Falls. And oh really? I yeah, I don't know that much about that part of the state. We did go to a wedding in Great Falls last summer, and that was fun. But uh, I hardly ever get up that way. But uh, thank you, man. Appreciate the kind words and the uh, the uh, support. 
Um, and then we have Das Pooch. You're nuts, Matt. 100K doesn't buy your family security with today's value of money, and I it'd take decades to come near security in an IRA. Well, yeah, that's why I said I'd put it away and invest it for decades. That was the point. Yeah. Um, I suppose you got to factor in wild inflation. But yeah, obviously, I'm not saying I put $100,000 in a savings account today and my family is set for life. I'm saying right, right. that I put that into a, an account that is invested wisely and uh, you know that, that we take advantage of decades down the line. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I don't know who this next person is. Should I? Uh, Cam Haynes? I don't know. Okay, so it says Elephant Man. Cam Haynes for security. Owen Benjamin for everything else. He must be some guns guy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm looking in, I'm looking him up. Yeah. I don't know the name, but uh, it looks like. That'd be good. Yeah, I like it. Looks like sort of a, I don't know, maybe fitness, self-defense sort of a character. All right, sweet. Uh, Um, Looks like he could kick someone's ass, sure. He's got archery photos. Jacked. Yeah. So he could probably uh, take out some, you know, here he is elk hunting. So <laughs> he knows how to take an elk. You know, that's that's useful. Um, We're good. All right. Let me uh, refresh over on Tippy stream. All right. Yeah, we're good. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, thank you guys for calling in, and we will see you on Sunday. Of course. Yeah, thank you guys uh, for calling in and for tuning in and for your chats and for your support for the show. It is always much appreciated, and we will be back on Sunday to discuss all the week's events, uh, whatever happens between now and then. If you're looking for more to listen to, of course, uh, head on over to the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. You can find everything show-related over there if you're looking for the latest episodes, if you're looking to send us a message, if you're looking to pick up some merch. uh, mattchristensenmedia.com is where you do all of those things. We'll be back Sunday. Have a great evening. Appreciate it.